Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're no, live in the color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Along with Miss Kim McGee, which is she. Along with Miss Kim McGee, which is she. She'll be back in just a moment. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kenan McGee on the Twitter and at Kenan McGee on the IG. And make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, you can catch our other five live shows throughout the week. If you happen to miss them, you can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app today. And speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can find us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please find Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once you catch the audio version of this show, Second City Sports, you can subscribe to our podcast at War or Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, that's at War on Anchor on all podcast platforms. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media, W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. You have any definite opinions during this two-hour extravaganza we call a Sports Talk Radio Show, you can always go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in, type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But we decide to troll and or do something stupid. I've given Lakina football to give you fools to barely be a boot. Bye-bye. And before we begin, we must remind you that you also now catch Sports on Chicago on Roku TV. That's right. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. So celebrate with the squad and give with the program. Sports on Chicago is on now on Roku TV. That's right. Get up, Chicago. Sports on Chicago is on Roku TV. You already have Roku TV. Just tap on the sports folder and download Sports on Chicago that way. If you don't have a Roku TV, that's okay. We know you have a streaming device or two laying around the house, house, your iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your PC, your Chromebook. Just go into the uh, Apple iTunes store or your Google Play and download that Roku TV app and then access Sports on Chicago that way. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 365 days a year. Lakina, let's not waste any time. Yesterday, the Chicago Bears, are the beloved monsters on the midway, took it on the chin. 
in the outskirts of New York City, losing to the New York football giants by the score of 20 to 12. Justin Fields, 11 to 22 for 174 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Khalil Herbert, 19 carries, 77 yards. The defense only generated one sack on Daniel Jones. That's not going to get it done. We discussed this on Friday. On the flip side, for the New York Football Giants, Daniel Jones was the, was the story at quarterback, even though he injured his ankle later in the game. He had two rushing touchdowns on the day. He had 71 yards passing total, but he had more impact in the running game. But Saquon Barkley was the story. 146 yards on 31 carries. Lakina, the Bears had their chances to win that game yesterday, but as we said all year long, we'll keep on saying it. This is a year of growth. This is a year of finding out who's going to remain on this team and in the league for the long haul. This is growing pains that we are going through right now, but there's some things that has to be straightened out. One, the passing game. It looks good on a couple of plays at times, but that has to get better. The run defense, which I thought was going to be one of the surprising things that we'll see from this Bears team this year. Maybe that'll be the case at the end of the year, but right now it's not there. Those are the two things that the Bears, this Bears team has to clean up. And the Vern, our buddy uh, Vernon's uh, fairly is common. He says someone should revoke gets his football for card because of his misuse of the shotgun. Well, yeah, there were definitely some <laughs> questionable uh, calls yesterday and, mm-hmm. uh, in that game. And but here's another thing that really just out of me that's not a good thing. Justin Fields was sacked six times. I guess a mm-hmm. pretty, a pretty uh, respectable, you know, pretty solid uh, Giants defense. And Dexter Lawrence, that they got pressure, you know, got to Justin Fields a lot, and you know, had two of those mm-hmm. sacks and. Look, it's one of those things where I know I've heard people say, "Well, the Giants aren't that good." Well, what, what, look, are the are the Bears like? Did it with the what, what? Did the Bears become Super Bowl contenders? And I missed it. I mean, like you're, you're at the same <laughs> level as the Bears. I mean, the Giants and the Bears are at the same level, so you know exactly something. I, don't, I hear people say, "Well, you know, the Giants aren't that good. They're a bad team." Well, so are the Bears, and you see why. Last night, I mean, look, it, look, I mean, it's sort of one of those things. You know, look, look, shout. We'll, we'll give you. Know, we're not doing studs and duds yet, but you know, shout out to Michael Bally Jr., who literally came off the street, you know, had four field goals for, mm-hmm. for the Bears. And yeah, you know, like he was the reason why the Bears, but that score probably should have been a lot worse. You know, looking for Badgley, mm-hmm. you know, four field goals that kept it from being a bad score and a blowout. So kudos to him. But look, I know Valus Jones, you know, he muffed that putt that would have given them a little slight, you know, chance, a little slight opportunity, but then it turned out not to be the case. You know, it was his first game of his NFL, NFL career, but there were so many chances that the Bears had. You know, they let a lot of points on the board, but also at the same time, I think they, should, you know, the Giants will show you why they're pretty. That's actually not a bad three and one team. I mean, we, we're not going to say they're going to win the NFC East, but that's a mm-hmm. pretty decent Giants team. I mean, you know, Daniel, Daniel Jones had two rushing touchdowns. Like you let Daniel Jones <laughs> kind of run around you. You know, Saquon Barkley had 146 yards uh, rushing yards. I mean, like come on now, but look that run that run defense for the Bears. Yeah, you know, we saw Roquan Smith, you know, he had that, you know, he knocked you know, Tyrod Taylor out of the game. And, you know, the Giants, you know, basically on, well, Joe's on one leg basically had to finish the game because they didn't have another QB on the roster. We'll get to that in a second. But it's sort of one of those things where you're kind of like, you know, you just got to shake your head and just say, you know what? This is, look, this is exactly what they are. This is exactly what the Bears are. <laughs> they're not good enough to beat, you know, the, the, they're the, the great team, you know, the really good teams and the great teams. <laughs> They could be at even par with some of the teams like the Giants. You know, they, they squeaked by when against the Texans. The, the Bears should be lucky they're not one in threes like where they should be right now. But, you mm-hmm. know, it is what it is. You listen to Second City Sports 
on the Monday edition. You have any questions or comments regarding the Bears' loss to the New York football giants from yesterday, you can always go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Our guy, Money Earning Mount Vernon, fairly checks in and says, every time Gessie goes for the shotgun, someone should play that, old, that song by Junior Walker in the All-Stars. I know it's really old school. We know something about that, Vernon. We know. We know. <laughs> Shoot him for that run now. Do, do, do. All right, that's enough. <laughs> but we know what you mean, Vernon. But uh, back to the Bears' defense. Um, Darren Moose Johnson, who who did the game with Joe Davis yesterday for Fox, he noticed something about that Bears' coverage on both Daniel Jones' rushing touchdowns. There was no containment on the outside. There was no safety or no linebacker. That was a quote-unquote spy on Daniel Jones. You knew you had to look out for that because you've been looking at, at those game tapes from him all week. And – and no one was spying on Mr. Jones. I know you, you're concentrating on Saquon Barkley. Yes, I know he was the main focus of, of your game plan, but if you didn't have a quarterback spy on Daniel Jones on either of those touchdown runs, uh, that, that was embarrassing. Now, they did make an adjustment in the second half, and our guy, Jaquan Briscoe, who had got the only sack for the Bears on, on Daniel Jones in that second half, they did make some adjustments coming out of the locker room, so you had to give head coach Matt Eberflus credit on that. But on both of those Jones touchdown runs, there was no containment on the outside to contain uh, Daniel Jones. You knew he was going to run the ball, and there was no spy there. That, that, that was inexcusable in that first half. I mean, it really was. I mean, look, the Bear – look, and there were a lot of fumbles, too. I think it started raining, I think, like, about, like, moved, like, about a quarter through the mm -hmm. third, you know, third, third quarter because the rim is from a Hurricane Ian. But, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of, you know, Sort of like you know, wreaked havoc on some of the games you know crossing you know, near the eastern sea where we we'll get to those in a second. But you know, look mm -hmm. as far as the Bears are. I mean, look, not not to you know quote the late great Denny, Denny Green, but they are who you thought they were. Like yeah. like, like I said, I mean, look, this team is not. Yeah, the Giants are not a great. You look, they're three and one right now, and they're not. You know, they probably won't end up finishing like near above five hundred or just above five hundred. But I, I mean, look, the Bears are who you thought they were. Like they're not. Look, I mean, Fields. Mm -hmm. That's still very concerning to me. The way he was sacked, you know, a couple of those sacks, like he was sacked in the knee. And I'm a little worried that by before the end of the year, he'll probably have a really bad knee injury. That's what I'm afraid of, especially when he plays a really good defense and such. So that's what I'm worried about. And also, mm -hmm. too, like, you know, they don't trust him, it seems like. You know, you think they would uh, – he had a couple of deep balls, and they, they were caught, but he was level for 22. So – but after that, I mean, they really, did, they really didn't, like, you know, take the uh, training wheels off. So uh, to me, it feels like they don't trust him. And of course, they don't have the receivers to kind of help him out. I mean, Mooney, you know, he wasn't really a big factor. I mean, he had eight, 94 yards, but other than that, he was the only one. I mean, the, the second guy was Cleo Herbert, and he only had 24 receiving yards. So everyone else after that, I mean, you know, Clement, you know, made a couple of catches, but, you know, he wasn't really a big factor. Herbert was only held to 77 uh, rushing yards. There really was nothing there for the Bears to, you know, sort of sustain. And unfortunately, that that's what happened in the end. That's what caught them. Yeah, but here's here's the thing. A couple of positive things I'll take out of this Bears Bears loss yesterday. It was nice for Darnell Mooney to show up, <laughs> four catches for ninety four yards. That that's some respectable numbers right there. Uh, the West Gold, the tight end, he had the first catch of the second half. I know he's been in the league for three years. That was his first catch um, uh, of his career uh, for the young man. So great job. But on the flip side, Lakina, and I've been asking this all year. And where was this guy yesterday? And I watched that whole game earlier uh, this morning. Where was Cole Command? I see on the session three catches for 16 yards, but 
it didn't seem like he was really part of the game plan yesterday. Yes, give the Giants defense credit for, uh, for covering the receivers. They had great coverage, especially when Justin Fields started to roll out. But Cole Komen wasn't part of that game plan yesterday. Now, the other positive thing that I did take out of that game yesterday, when Justin Fields did those design bootlegs, he did find that backup tight end. He did find Darnell Moon, especially with that first catch in the first half. So if, if Luke Getzky can keep that aspect, those plays in the offensive playbook, they'll be okay. But like our guy our Vernon Fairley says, don't put him in a shotgun yet. He can't do anything in the shotgun. Not yet. So you have to be more creative. And like you said, at some point, you have to take the training rails off of Justin Fields. He has to get better. If you keep putting him in this box, not letting him grow, there's going to be a problem. You got to find out if he's the franchise quarterback or not. Well, he doesn't have the talent around him. And, and that old line, I mean, the Cody Whitehair got hurt. It looks like that, that leg injury is significant. So that's something to look out for, too. And, you know, again, mm-hmm. you know, he was sacked about, you know, a few times after that. So that old line is still an issue. And I, I look, I think, look, I want to put a cap on this because I want to kind of go back and, you know, get to these other games. But I, I think for me, look, they play the Vikings. I've heard, you know, some of the pundits say that, well, you know, this is a you know, nice chance for the Bears to win like two or three in a row. I mean, they got the, they got a bad Giants team and they get, you know, the Vikings coming back from London. Well, you know, like it does not look good so far on the Giants side. So I think for me, I mean, that that's just sort of like look, this whole thing with the look, you let Daniel Jones sort of run, you know, run around you. That that's not a good thing. I mean, Barkley, look, he I'm surprised he, he probably could have had a couple of touchdowns had he had, you know, <laughs> sort of yeah. had not been for those QB draws. But yeah, I mean, for me, you know what? Whatever. The Bears deserve to lose this game. It's that simple. Yeah, so the Bears dropped to two and two while the New York Giants approved their record to three and one. Our football power hour for this Monday edition of Second City Sports continues with a review from yesterday's games. And we'll give you our quick preview of tonight's Monday night football contest between the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of Dodea. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Got it done here. Ouch! And we're gonna make sure you live this time. Uh, Ouch! (laughs) You're not gonna get me this time! Ouch, Manny! Oops! 
try an easy one. Still in my drill instructor today. Don't quit. If you quit now, you'll always quit in life. Go for it. So I jumped in. Unsure, apprehensive, and scared out of my mind. But I came up a Marine. Welcome back to the Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You follow me, Akina McGee on the Twitter and Akina's Gorbagi on the IG. You have a question or comment for us? Less we have less than ninety minutes left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's jump into yesterday's action from Week Four from the National Football League. We'll start out with the Bears' opponent next week, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. They travel to London to take on the New Orleans Saints. They got they get a twenty-eight twenty-five victory thanks to Will Lutz's. Uh, 61-yard field goal attempt that hit the crossbar not once but twice that would have tied the game to send it to overtime. But the Minnesota Vikings survived. They go to 3-1. and one. The Saints drop to 1-3. Kirk Cousins, 25-38, 273 yards and a touchdown. Dalva Cook, 20 carries, 76 yards. My guy, Mr. Giddy, Justin Jefferson, 10 catches for 147 yards. Yeah, that was a, a actually, turned out actually being a really good game afterwards. Yeah. And- it's sort of one of those things where you know Jefferson both had a had a rushing touchdown, not a but not a uh, receiving touchdown. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it was sort of like one of those games where it really kind of came down to the wire. You thought that maybe Minnesota was take uh, take control, but then you know the Saints came back. And this is a, you know Andy Dalton. You know, you forgot that he's over there now. You know, threw a touchdown to kind of kept mm-hmm. the Saints. And then excuse me, Will Lutz. You know, actually nailed a 60-yard field goal, but missed a 61-yard that would have tied the game and forced mm-hmm. overtime. So go figure there. So Minnesota escapes London with a win, and they actually, you know, said that they didn't want to get that bye. They were offered for that that bye week after the London game. They decided they didn't want to do it. They didn't want to have an early bye a, a bye week this early in the season. That's why they're going to be playing the Bears next week. And so the weird thing about this is that kind of, you know, this this whole thing with you know. With the with the Saints and the uh, the Vikings, and the Saints had plenty of chances to win this game. They kept it close, and unfortunately, despite everything that's been happening with the Saints and all the injuries and stuff, I mean, they had their shot to win. They just couldn't do it. 
Yep. Let's go down to Hot Atlanta and the Mercedes-Benz Stadium where the now 2-2 two two Atlanta Falcons off a 13 fourth quarter points come from behind to defeat the Cleveland Browns 23-20. Jacoby Brissett from the Browns 21-35, 234 yards in a, in a pick. Nick Chubb, 19 carries, 118 yards and a touchdown for Cleveland. And David Njoku, their stud tight end, five catches for 73 yards. Yeah, once they uh, once Mario threw an interception, they decided to go with the run game, and that's what they did. I mean, Caleb Humley mm-hmm. had a touch, rushing touchdown. Cordero Pass, who unfortunately, I believe he's on IR because he injured his knee uh, early in the uh, fourth quarter. He had a rushing touchdown as well. So that you know that mm-hmm. look, I think Atlanta you know pulled off the upset. I think I I think I had this game too. Atlanta uh, upsetting yeah. the Browns. you know I had Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the Browns are sort of like that team. You know, what however you feel about it. Brissett really didn't, you know, I mean, he had an interception, but he just couldn't get, get it going. You know, Chubb, you know, had 118 yards and such, but they just couldn't really get it going offensively and couldn't, like, get in there and sort of, like, uh, try to nail it down. And that's why the Falcons were able to come back and win this game win, and won that game. Let's go down to the state of Texas and Big D. The Dallas Cowboys improved their record to 3-1 and one after defeating their division rival, the Washington now Commanders, in their new black uniforms. 25-10, Cooper Rush for the Cowboys, 15-27, 223 yards and two touchdown passes. Ezekiel Elliott, 19 carries for 49 yards. But my guy, at least this year for my fantasy team, C.D. Lamb, six catches, 97 yards, in a wide-open touchdown to start the fourth quarter. Yeah, two interceptions for Carson Wentz, and you know, unfortunately, Cooper Rush, you know, again, not making any mistakes. You know, threw for two hundred twenty-three mm-hmm. yards and two touchdowns, and I, again, this is sort of like one of those things where you're kind of like, you know, he's not, he's keeping everything afloat until whenever Dak's able to come back. So, uh, unfortunately for them, you know, for the commander, let's just say, I mean, I'm sure the the voices are getting louder for uh, Ron Rivera to get the mm-hmm. boots. So, you know, Wentz threw two interceptions. One, of course, one of them to Trayvon Diggs, and you know what? Yeah, I mean, look, the Cowboys have just enough to win this game. Now, again, are they the best team in that division? We'll get to the probably who is the best team in a second, but I think the Cowboys mm-hmm. are sort of like kind of surprising some folks. Yep. So the Cowboys are three and one on the season, two and one at home. Let's go up north to Motown. The Seattle Seahawks, they are now 14 of uh, their last 15 games on the Eastern Coast time zone. I believe 19 out of the last 20 games since 2018, winning on the West Coast. Yours surely had the Lions on Friday, but this is was the highest scoring game of the of the day. We'll get to the other uh, high scoring game later. But the Seattle Seahawks hold off the Detroit Lions, forty eight to forty five. Seattle Seahawks scored double digit points in each quarter: fourteen in the first, ten in the second, fourteen in the third, and ten in the fourth. On the flip side for Detroit, Jerry Goff, twenty six to thirty nine, three hundred seventy eight yards and four touchdowns in a pick. Rashard Penny ran the ball hard for the Seahawks. 17 carries, 151 yards and two scores. TJ Hawkinson, the best day out of Alliance tight end in franchise history. Eight catches, 179 yards and two scores. Yeah, if you're a Detroit, you're sort of kicking yourself because you had, again, you had chances to win this game and you couldn't do mm-hmm. it. I mean, Penny had a touchdown, go-ahead touchdown that kind of sealed the win for for the Seahawks, you know, Geno Smith had, you know, two 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 uh, touchdown passes and a rushing touchdown, too. So that kind of propelled them there. And it was sort of the defense that kind of did just enough to sort of like held off the to hold off the Lions, I should say. So, you know, again, this is another one of those wins where, you know, loss, I should say, where the Lions are probably kicking themselves that they have plenty of chances to win and they just couldn't do it. So if no one thought that this would be a high scoring affair, but it ended up being a pretty Mm-mm. thrilling game. 
Yeah, if he had the over, congratulations. I was watching some of this game in its entirety live via this computer screen. And every time Seattle pulled away, I turned from it. And then uh, watching Red Zone on my big screen TV, Detroit started coming back. I was like, okay, let me turn to this. Uh, the problem was that the Lions uh, shot themselves in the foot with the drop passes, the dump penalties, and mm -hmm. their defense just couldn't stop anybody. It's been a story for them all year. That's why they're 1-3. Seattle improves to 2-2. Two and two on the season. Let's go down to Indianapolis where the Titans held off the Indianapolis Colts 24-17. Matt Ryan for the Colts 27-37, 356 yards and two touchdowns. Derrick Henry for the Titans 22 carries, 114 big yards and a touchdown. Mo Alicox, nice to show up on a stat sheet, my man. Uh, he, he's a big tight end for the Colts. Six catches, 85 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, you know, they came in, you know, they came out swinging, you know, 14 points in the first quarter. Those uh, the touchdown, I guess a, a Tannehill uh, a touchdown, you know, pass and a, a Derrick Henry touchdown. And then after that, I mean, they just couldn't get it going. Once once Eddie finally got going, you know, it, it was too little too late there. So, you know, Matt Ryan had uh, an interception and two touchdown passes. Jonathan Taylor, I don't know if it's because they're not giving the ball more or, you know, our guys, you know, defenders, you know, figuring out how to slow him down. But he only mm -hmm. had 42 rushing yards. And that's. You know, he was one of the guys that got you in the playoffs last year if you're the Colts. So and now he's you know, the, hurt. And now he's you know banged up. So now he's gonna probably gonna be gone for a while. And you know, the fumbles and everything else. So yeah, I mean you're one, two, and one, Indy. And you know, thanks a lot because I picked you guys. But look, a nice win for the Titans on the road. All right. So there goes the Indian Levels Coast. Their season could be riding on the entry of uh John, running back Jonathan Taylor. We'll see, we'll see what happens with that. Titans at two and two on the year. The Colts at one, two, and one. The Colts will travel to Denver to play the Broncos on Thursday night. Let's go to Lincoln Financial Field, where the Philadelphia Eagles are the only remaining undefeated team in the National Football League after the beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 29-21. Jalen Hurts 16 of 25, 204 yards in the pick, but he did have one rushing touchdown. Miles Sanders for the Eagles 27 carries, 134 yards and two scores. AJ Brown, the stud wide receiver for the Eagles, five catches for 95 yards. The Jaguars jumped out to an early 14-0 lead. The Philadelphia Eagles held on to win by scoring 20 unanswered points in the second quarter and nine points in the fourth. Yeah, they got you know they got going. They couldn't. It didn't look back. Yo, shout out to our buddy Spiro Diaz, who he and, and Jay Feely had the call of this game. Mm -hmm. And Trevor Lawrence had uh, four fumbles. He's the first player to have this century to lose four fumbles in one game. So that actually kind of helped you know the Eagles get back in this game. Yo, know, was their defense? The defense kind of defense kind of like yo know, got things going. And once they scored 20 unanswered in the second quarter. They really, you know, there really was nothing much it could, you know, that the guys could do after that. So, and also to a, a really cool moment here, uh, uh, Jason Peters, uh, no, no, Jason Kelsey, I should say, you know, Travis's uh, big brother actually had <laughs> asked Doug Peterson for his jacket, his game-worn jacket uh, for the game. So that was actually a pretty cool moment. If you guys didn't get a chance to see that, you know, you guys should definitely check that out because that was pretty cool. Of course, you know, Peterson led the Eagles to the Super Bowl a, a few years ago. And that was, a, you know, his first meeting with them since, you know, mm -hmm. he was let go there. So that was, that was actually a, a pretty cool, a pretty cool moment that uh, they did that. But yeah, I mean, look, you know, nice win for the Eagles. They stay undefeated. Let's go to Pittsburgh where we have a quarterback controversy. We told you guys this could happen back in August if you listen to any of our shows. Mitchell Trubisky threw an early pick. He was out. Uh, Cody Pickett, the the, the rookie quarterback out of the University. Kenny. 
Kenny, Kenny Pickett, sorry. Kenny Pickett uh, stepped in yesterday, had two rushing touchdowns for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it wasn't enough. The New York Jets come from behind, scoring 14 points in the fourth quarter to beat the Steelers 24-20. Zach Wilson for the Jets, 18-36 with 252 yards and a touchdown. Big time, big time Najee Harris running back for the Steelers, 18 carries, 74 yards in Mr. Pickens, George Pickens, for Pittsburgh six catches for 102 yards. Lakina, it's a lack of defense for the. It was a lack of defense for Pittsburgh at the end. They did get a jolt when Pickett came into the game, but it was the New York Jets being creative on offense, something the Bears should consider doing. By the way, but Zach Wilson mm -hmm. stood in the pocket, withstood the pressure. The Jets hung tough and came out with a victory. Yeah, uh, Pickett as the first uh, first real QB in history to have multiple rushing touchdowns in his career debut. So. You know that uh, that you know a nice history there. You know a good you know sort of like you know build up moment. Of course, he also had three uh, touchdown uh, at three interceptions, unfortunately. But you know, look, he's a you know he's a rookie. He'll learn. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, the Jets. You know, they had a nice uh, late touchdown. Uh, you know, like the touchdown that was actually pretty close to me. Brees Hall. Uh, there was some you know there was some uh, rumors that maybe he didn't get in the end zone. You know, he kind of you know went over, and then maybe he was he was short. So, but they ruled a touchdown. And that's how the Jets were able to win that game. And uh, our buddy Lamont Scott, what's up? It was not controversial. They had already hey. had sold more uh, Kenny Pickett jerseys than, <laughs> than Mitch. So he might, yeah, I, I believe that. I certainly believe that too. So, yeah, of course, your know, pay is from Pittsburgh. You know, went to Pittsburgh and, and such. So, you know, that, that, that's not really a big shocker. But yeah, I mean, like the, the Jets are now two and two. And uh, yeah, I mean, the Steelers, you know, I don't, I know, I know Mike Tomlin didn't want to say they're rebuilding, but they kind of are rebuilding mm -hmm. at this point. But yeah, I, I think mm, you, you kind of feel yeah. for them. But yeah, but a nice one for the Jets. Yeah, we told you back in August that Pittsburgh could be in trouble this year and the way they handle that quarterback situation could go a long way. To Baltimore, Maryland, we go where the Buffalo Bills come from a 20 to 3 deficit to beat. The Baltimore Ravens, excuse me, 23-20. Josh Allen, 19 at 36, 213 yards and a touchdown. Lamar Jackson, 11 carries, 73 yards for Baltimore. Stephon Diggs for Buffalo stepped up with four catches and 62 yards. And the Buffalo Bills came from behind after picking off for Lamar Jackson late in the game. Now, Lakina, there was some controversy in this game. I think I saw Marcus Peters was upset and yeah. a couple other players were upset. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens thought that, uh, that they should have let Buffalo score so they can get the ball back in Lamar Jackson's hands. But I thought Buffalo played that situation perfectly yesterday, letting all the time milk down on the clock, and they executed that plan perfectly, and that's why they got the win. And this is the Baltimore's second game this year blowing a 20-point lead. They lost the other one to the Dolphins early in the season. Yeah, uh, they joined the 2011 Vikings as the only team to lose multiple games after leading by 17-plus points within their first uh, four games. So not a very good good company there you want to be on. But, uh, you know, you know I, I was going back and forth from this game, of course, the uh, Bears-Giants game. And, uh, look, there was a play, you know, prior to that where they're at the half-inch line. And I think it started, had started raining in Baltimore, of course. You know, mm -hmm. they us from, uh, from Hurricane Ian, like I said, uh, a couple of minutes ago. But uh, – they, I don't know what, I don't know the, the, the play kind of just, you know, collapsed and you know, uh, Lamar had to kind of like run around and try to throw it. And of course, you know, uh, Trevor uh, Poyer, uh, Poyer, I should say, he had two mm -hmm. uh, interceptions. Again, the second one that helped set up that game, uh, that game uh, winning drive for uh, the Bills. And I, I, you know, you know, I, I don't look, I, I feel like I know that I know I saw that, you know, that, uh, that little thing with Peters, you know, he was upset, but uh 
you know, it was just one of those things where you're kind of like, you know, maybe if you had you know, had a better showing on fourth and inches, because you're right, you're at the half yard line, you're near your own goal yeah. line. So I don't know why they, I don't know if they were trying to go, you know, shotgun. I don't know if they were trying to go bootleg. I don't know what they were trying to do, but I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why they didn't put put it on JK Dallas' hands because he had a really nice showing in his uh first game back. Let me see. He had a he, he had scored the early first touchdown in the game. Yeah, so we didn't really see it too. Yeah, you really didn't see it too much after that. So I don't know why mm-hmm. they didn't give it to either him or Justice Hill, but you know it is what it is. But yeah, you know, Jordan Poyer, I mean, you look, he had two interceptions, including that one that you know kind of helped um kind of helped like sort of sort of set up that drive for Buffalo. So look go for good for Buffalo. I know they wanted to kind of redeem themselves after that loss to Miami. So you know this is a nice win by them. And if you're uh Baltimore you you've got some You've got some soul searching to do. Yeah. Our last look at the early games is it was the Los Angeles Chargers holding off the Houston, Texas 34 to 24. Justin Herbert with the Chargers 27 39, 340 yards and two touchdowns. Damon Pierce, the big running back for the Texas 14, carries 131 yards in a long touchdown run. Mike Williams, their stud wide receiver for the Chargers, even though everybody else is out. He had seven catches for 120 yards. Austin Eckler, the Chargers still running back two touchdowns. Yeah, this will actually will peak this game a little bit too. And again, not the not like the flashiest, you know, you know, Chargers, but it looks like you know Herbert is starting to kind of feel better after that, you know, torn mm-hmm. cartilage in his ribs. You know, threw for two touchdowns. Of course, Austin Eckler once when they needed him, you know, he was kind of the guy that kind of kept the chains moving and the, uh, the Texans off the field. So, and also the defense had two interceptions, so that was a that was a pretty, uh, you know, cool thing. A little confidence booster for them as well. So again, it's the Texans, but I think you needed this one if you were if you were the Chargers. So you, you definitely take it. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. We're reviewing the Week Four action from the National Football League from yesterday. Lakina, let's now get into the late games. The Arizona Cardinals. Uh, improved that record to two and two after defeating the Carolina Panthers 26 to 16. 16 fourth quarter points was the difference. Kyler Murray, your guy, Lakina for the Cardinals, 23 of 32, 207 yards and two touchdowns. James Carner ran the ball hard for Arizona, 15 carries for 55 yards. Marquise Hollywood Brown had a big touchdown off of six catches for 88 yards. And also, again, it was a defense. I think uh, J.J. Watt uh, forced an interception from Baker, so I think that sort mm-hmm. of helped them. And it was actually the defense, too, that actually helped propel them and you know, get to kind of save the game for the Cardinals. And, look, we all picked the Panthers, unfortunately, you, Christine, and Ma- and me. And, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, sure enough, of course, you know, that's exactly what happened. You know, Kyler Murray had probably had one of his best games of the season, 207 yards, two touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. So he was kind of like the one-man, like, you know, wrecking crew for the, that offense. So, mm-hmm. And the Panthers are kind of at a crossroads, too. I mean, you know, Matt Rule, look, there are going to be some college openings, you know, coming up soon for Mr. Rule. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, yeah. I know Baker, you know, if you saw his uh, presser after the game, he wasn't very happy. And I know a lot of the Panthers uh, players and fans are not very happy. So, uh, but, yeah, look, I mean, a nice win for Arizona. I mean, a lot of people thought that maybe Arizona would probably lose this game and it, but they didn't. They came back on the road and again playing at three o'clock, you know, central time, you know, which is about the time that they usually play anyway. I think that helped them. Mm-hmm. Real quickly, Keenan, what you think about the JJ Watt story? Of course, early this week he had some heart issues. He had to be shocked into place, and he was allowed to play yesterday. He got emotional after the game. He was just he's thankful to be alive. Obviously, what did you think about their uh, situation? 
Because yeah, uh, it, it leaked out in the media later in the week, and then yeah, he got yeah, in front he, of it before the game with the tweet, and then he addressed it after the game. Yeah, he did. I saw his tweet. I follow him on Twitter, and I saw his tweet. I was like, oh, because apparently, I guess, like, somebody, I guess, apparently it was leaked to somebody, and that's how they found out. And, and good on him. <laughs> you know, he's actually, pre- you know, he's pretty good at this. So good on him to kind of, you know, get in front of it and just, you know, try to, before it gets, you got an AFib, you know, you know, you know thing, how to get shocked into a place. So, you know, it's going to be very interesting with this whole thing. I mean, I know people say this is probably just as bad as the, as, as the thing with Tua because you're dealing with somebody's medical record. So mm-hmm. it's going to be uh, very interesting. But, yeah, we'll see. To Green Bay, Wisconsin, we go where the Packers survive in overtime to beat the New England Patriots who had a quarterback change. 27-24, A-Rod, Aaron Rodgers, 21-35, 251 yards and two touchdowns. Aaron Jones, 16 carries for 110 yards. Alan Lazaro, his best game of the young season. For the Packers, six catches for 116 yards. Yeah, and uh, Bailey Zapp, shout out to him. I mean, Zappy, I think that's how you say his name. Shout out to him, you know, the rookie from Western Kentucky. You know, shout out to him mm-hmm. for coming in, you know, when Hoyer uh, got knocked out with the concussion. He came in and, you know, was really good. I mean, he threw a touchdown in the opening drive. You know, Damian Harris scored. So it actually kept close for a little bit. I mean, the, the Patriots defense kind of definitely gave Aaron Rodgers fits. But, you know, it was a Green Bay defense who were out. You know, they didn't have Jair Alexander. So, but they just, just enough to kind of slow him down and kind of expose him a little bit. And they were able to set up that, set up that Mason Crosby field goal in overtime. To Las Vegas, Nevada, we go next where the Raiders get their first victory of the season, defeating the Denver Broncos 32-23. Russell Wilson, 17-25, 237 yards to two touchdowns. Josh Jacobs was the man for the Raiders running that rock. 28 carries, 144 yards, and two scores. Devontae Adams, nine catches for 101 yards. Javante Williams, the, the running back for Denver, he's now gone for the year with a uh, bad knee injury. And for, for the Radius Lakina, Josh Jacobs was the man, uh, and he was key, especially in, in that fourth quarter, uh, uh, running that clock and keeping the dif- Denver defense uh, of tired and keeping the offense on the bench. Yeah, Josh, because if you had him in your fantasy team, he, I'm sure you guys won your league uh, yesterday with uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Jacobs, 144 yards and two uh, rushing touchdowns. I mean, he was the reason why, like he's, like you said, they, you know, they kept, you know, the, the the Broncos defense on their toes and kept, you know, Russell Wilson off as off, and that's what helped them, you know, get their first win of the season finally. And unfortunately for, like I said, with the Broncos, you know, Javante Williams, who was their one of their their top uh, uh, running backs, so of course he's done it for the year with the ACL tear. So that's a big loss for the Broncos. And I believe also too, already Gregory also got hurt too. Although he said it's not, Mm -hmm. yeah, also, but he said it's not, you know, like, you know, but he is going to miss some time. You know, it's not going to be season ending, but you know, the injury is starting to mount up. And uh, there are a lot of people, already a lot of folks in Denver that are, (laughs) that are probably thinking uh, Nathaniel Hackett, you know, got to go. Well, they got to have a big turnaround quickly because they'll host the Indianapolis Colts on Thursday night football uh, coming up this week. Sunday night football, Lakina, this was not much of a contest. Don't be fooled by this final score. The Kansas City Chiefs dominated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 41-31. Tom Brady 39-52 for 385 yards and three touchdown passes. Two of them to Mike Evans. No, not the actor from Good Times, folks. Sell down. <laughs> the running in, in, in the running back department for Casey Carl Edwards Hilaire, 19 carries, 92 yards in the score. And Mike Evans, the wide receiver, as I mentioned, for Tampa Bay, eight catches for two touchdowns and 103 yards. Lakina, I heard some people on that show, that so-called debate show, I'm not going to name on this program. Uh, some of them said that the Kansas City Chiefs solved their 
offensive issues. Of course, Tyreek Hill has moved on to Miami. As I told people on this program last month, I'll say it again. Kansas City is going to have moments like this, and some of you folks are going to be full time about they don't need Tyreek Hill. They're going to move on without him. They're going to be just fine. Last night, they just took advantage of a bad Buccaneers defense. They are beat up. They're hurt, and they just are not playing very well right now. And that's what good teams do. And Kansas City is still a good team, but it's going to come a point or two later on in the season where they're going to miss Tyreek Hill. Last night was just was just not it. Well, like you said, I mean, look, I okay, yeah, I get scored 41 points. Yo, yes, yeah, Pat Mahomes threw for three touchdowns. Yay, okay. But look, you got you look, I mean, I think you and I said, I think a couple of our friends, we can kind of, you know, put together uh, an offense, and, you know, especially with that mm-hmm. Tampa defense. And, you know, look, they took advantage of that and look, and good for them. But like I said, I'm not going to sit here and say that they're the best team in the AFC. I mean, they're up mm-hmm. there, but I'm not going to say that. So, you know, it, it's sort of like one of those things where you're like, oh, oh okay, I mean, that's why I didn't really look at the game too much, especially when they scored on the first two drives. I was like, okay, yeah, this is gonna, yeah, be a, this is gonna be a, a a snooze fest. So okay, and look, I mean, okay, yeah, all right, you took advantage of a, of a of a not a very good and a very it's older and not that very good and such. So yeah, I would think people need to just sort of chill on the whole. Oh my god, they, they no no, because I saw it on Twitter yesterday. I had to, I almost had to block some folks. No, no, <laughs> don't do it. All right, quickly, Lakina, before we get to our Monday night preview, your studs and duds for week number five. Let's start off with your studs. Three my, studs. My studs, uh, Kyler Murray, of course, you know, you know, scored 16 points for the, the Cardinals. You know, they helped you know, propel that offense and now two and two. And look, DeAndre Hobson comes comes back in a couple of weeks. So that should probably help them a little bit to yeah. give them a little jolt in that uh offense. Uh Saquon Barkley, of course, you know, didn't score. Eight touchdowns, but he had 146 rushing yards to kind of, you know, mm-hmm. kept the chains moving for the Giants against the Bears. So, and uh, my third one, let me see. You know what? I'll give it to Mr. Geno. Geno Smith had two touchdown passes and a rushing touchdown to kind of help propel them. Also, too, uh, my bonus, you know, his teammate Rashard Penny as well, who helped score that uh, that go-ahead touchdown to kind of help the, uh, the Seahawks keep the, the Lions at bay. You know, they had a little bit of a comeback scoring 22 points in the fourth. Yeah, you still want to mind, but I'm going to keep it anyway. Rashad Penny for me for Seattle. Justin Jefferson from Minnesota is my second stud. He had 147 yards receiving off of 10 catches for our Vikings win. And my third stud will go to Mr. Patrick Mahomes, as our guy Lamont Scott put it nicely in the comments section. Uh, they, uh, Kansas City made Tampa Bay look like they were beatable last night. Patrick Mahomes was playing playground football last night. So those are my three studs. I'll do I'll do a bonus uh, stuff for uh, Arthur Smith from the, uh, the head coach of the Falcons. Once Mario threw an interception, he said, "Okay, you know, I forget it. we're going to run the ball," and that's what they did, and they, that mm-hmm. helped me you know, pull help them pull out the upset against the Browns. All you're right, your three. No, yep. you're, I'll ask you. You're duds. Okay, one the Detroit Lions defense—they've been terrible all year. Who would have thought they would have given up forty-eight points? But that's what they did yesterday in the loss to Seattle. My. Second dud is that damn crossbar. I was cheering for Will Lutz mm-hmm. of the Saints to kick that 61-yard field goal. He would have been the first kicker in NFL history to kick two 60-yard field goals in the same game. But that damn crossbar in London, uh, we were robbed, Lakina. We were robbed. Mm-hmm. So I'll give that crossbar a second dud. And my third dud is the Washington Commanders, i.e. Carson Wentz. Enough said. Oh, yeah, that that darn crossbar. We've, we've seen that movie before with a double joint. We've seen that here in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, too many times to count, I, I, I'll say. 
Okay. Uh, my dud. Hmm. That's a that's a tough one. I'll, I'll say. I can't. I'll say Carolina just because that you know. Yeah. You know, people thought that maybe they would probably be you know near five hundred right now with uh, Baker Mayfield. You know, two interceptions for Baker and that a uh, loss to Arizona. So I'm giving them a dud. Matt Rule might be looking for a paint slip and a late card. Uh, in, in a in a couple yeah. uh, in a few weeks. Uh. Let's see. Uh, in Indianapolis, I mean, I, I don't know what what the answer is going to be for them because, mm. unfortunately, now you know Jonathan Taylor is going to be out for a little bit. I mean, look, Frank Wright going to have to figure out something because he's going to be on the yeah. chopping block too. So, especially since they didn't make the playoffs last year, so they better figure things out in uh, Baltimore. No sense. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to get into it. No sense. <laughs> We're up against it, so let's pre- yeah. let's hurry up and preview uh, Rams and 49ers real quick. Of course, you know they you know, these are division rivals. Of course, they you know uh, they of course they uh, play for the Super for uh, spot in the Super Bowl a few months back. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, the Rams were able nice to uh, hold them off. Yeah, so these two teams know each other pretty well. So where where is your what's your kind of your quick synopsis of this game? Uh, of course, uh, the Rams are, are usually get beat up by more physical teams. The 49ers did it to them twice last year in the regular season. As we mentioned, they met up in the NFC title game. It wasn't for that fourth quarter. The 49ers would have represented the NFC. But with, with, with that aside, if you're the Rams, you got to establish a strong running game with Cam Akers. And who else is going to step up in, uh, on, on the Rams defense outside of Aaron Donald? I know Leonard Floyd showed up last week, former Chicago Bear. Can he do that again tonight? And can you give former Bear Rivers Allen Robinson the ball on a more consistent basis? I know you have Cooper Cup. He's going to get double teamed, but can you get Allen Robinson more involved in the offensive gameplay? On the flip side for the 49ers, Jimmy G, don't turn the football over. Number two, establish the run. And number three, get a couple of turnovers on Matthew Stafford like you did on Monday Night Football last year. If you do those things for the 49ers, you'll win again. Yeah, you still have a couple of mindset. I mean, I need to see Debo. Let's see Debo a little bit more. I mean, we haven't seen him much mm-hmm. this year. So let's try to see. You know, I know he loves playing uh, the, the Rams. So let's hope we can probably see a little bit of that from him tonight. Uh, like you said, I mean, you know, the Garoppolo has to, you know, you know, soften the turnovers. Don't make dumb mistakes. You know, you're a veteran now. You should know not to try to step on the, mm-hmm. uh, on the, on the back of the end zone there. Don't do on your side. Don't do that. <laughs> that one, two step. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, not, not, not in this case. Uh, you know, try to both. I think both need to test the run game. Early, I mean, you know, Cam Akers, especially. I know Darren, Darren Henderson is sort of like the leader rusher right now for for the Rams. So try to use the running game. Also, the same thing for the 49ers as well. And whose defense is going to step up? I mean, can San Francisco force uh, Matt Stafford to uh, to uh, to make silly mistakes and they'll throw turnovers? We'll have to wait and see. It looks like uh, Joe and Troy have a good one to call tonight. Yes, they will have a good game to call tonight. Of course, that game takes place at seven fifteen. On Chicago time on ESPN, and of course ESPN too. I believe we'll have the Manning cast tonight, so I'll definitely check. We'll definitely check that out. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two straight ahead. As you're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports or Sports on Chicago, I'm Sid. That's Lakina. We have baseball to get into. Will Aaron Judge uh, break that American League home run record? We'll discuss the future of the White Sox if there's any. <laughs> The Cubs did something that not many people expected them to do. We'll get into that. We have Old School TV Monday, and we'll give you our week five review of college football. There was some pretty interesting moments on Saturday. We'll review all of that and much more as you're listening to Second City Sports. I'm Sid Desikina right here, live and in living color on Sports Old Chicago. Beer. 
is 70% water. Zone is someone somebody. This is my mom. She works for KDOT. This is my dad. This is my mom. This is my daddy. This is my sister. <laughs> this is my daddy. This is my son Scott. He was killed while working in a highway work zone. When you drive through a work zone, drive like a life depends on it. Because it does. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports and Monday edition. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow me on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina McGee on the IG. We got less than an hour left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And we must remind you quickly that Sports Zone Chicago is now also available on Roku TV. Lakina, let's kick off our number two by discussing baseball. We'll get into a little bit of a playoff preview because jockeying for position is still going 
positions is still going on. We'll get into that and we'll get into Aaron Judge and all the other celebrations that took place over the weekend coming up. But, Lakino, let's start off with the baseball locally. Let's start off with the Chicago Cubs. That's right. The Chicago Cubs, we'll start off with them first. They're doing something the White Sox are not doing. We'll get to that in a minute. But the Cubs sweat the Cincinnati Reds over the weekend. Now they'll travel to Cincinnati to take on uh, the big red machine to uh, wind up down their 2022 season with three games on the road. Lakina, the offense came out to play this weekend, mm-hmm. this past weekend at Wrigley Field, and they have 73 wins on the season. Uh, they could possibly end up with 75 or 76 by the time we get on there on Friday. But if you're a Cubs fan, you like what you're seeing right now. Like we said before, all season long, it's easier to play free with no pressure because no expectations were upon you this year. But if you're a Cubs fan taking your heart out of it and looking at this logically, you'll, you you like some things that you saw this year and you you like to see some players come back next year. We'll break those down to see who they are uh, as we go into the offseason. But uh, the Cubs are, t- are taking advantage right now. And they look they may look at – they're making things look a little bit better than they appear. But if you're a Cubs fan, you have to be happy with what you're seeing right now. Yeah, Marcus Stroman had probably his best outing in a while last night. You know, seven mm-hmm. strikeouts. Uh, of course, Wilson Contreras and also Ian Happ, Ian Happ as well had you know, several standing ovations because these could be their their last uh, you know showing that really feel that as Cubs. So you know, savoring that moment there. And it was, it was like I said, it's really been like the younger the young Cubs have been you know really good. Of course, Nico mm-hmm. Horner had two RBIs last night. Uh, Nelson Velasquez. I mean, he's. You know, this kind of been his coming out season. You know, mm-hmm. he's you know, he had four RBIs yesterday. So it's sort of one of those things where the future looks bright. Again, we don't know what Jed mm-hmm. Hoyer is going to do. We don't know what direction are they going to perhaps try to do this, going to do the same thing like they did, you know, this year, the year they're going to do next year. Are they going to, um, I mean, are they going to try and go for it and try to get some, you know, some mm-hmm. uh, top free agents. We just don't know. So that's going to be the thing. Where and plus, you know, they're at seventy three. No one thought they would get to seven, get to even near seventy. Well, we mm-hmm. get uh, got close to the All Star break. So I think something flipped flip the switch and flip David Ross be able to get his guys going. And you're seeing you're seeing those guys uh, step up. You're seeing, like I said, the guys I've mentioned. You, you know, Christopher Morrell, uh, mm-hmm. Seiya Suzuki, among others. So it is definitely kind of like the future looks bright. You know, if you're the Cubs right now. Now again, like I said, are they going to go? It could set for next season. Who knows? But you got to be feeling pretty good if you're a Cubs fan right now. Here's some hope for Cubs fans. Like you mentioned, Seiya Suzuki. I know he was injured off and on this year, but hopefully with the healthy offseason and with the right mindset coming into next year, he'll be even a better player. Remember, he got out to a hot start, and then those injuries started to take place, and that mm-hmm. derailed his rookie year this year. Justin Seal, that big left-hander. I think the Cubs mm-hmm. are starting with this rebuild, starting with the starting staff first. You like what he, what you saw from him this year. Keegan Thompson was another one that you saw some some hope from him. Like you said, Marcus Stroman, if he comes back next year, if he's not traded, same thing with Kyle Hendricks. I know he's at the end of the heel, and I know he's been hurt this year as well. But that's not a bad pit, uh, starting staff going into next year, Lakina. Now, like, as you mentioned, well, Jed Hoyer uh, go out and get another starter. I know some people have thrown – Carlos Rodon's name out there, the former White Sox player. He's with the San Francisco Giants this year. But will they get a, a player like Carlos Rodon to uh, round out that starting staff? Will they get a Carlos Correa if Minnesota sh- chooses to boot him out the door? Will they get a Trey Turner or a player like that to round out the infield? 
uh, it's all the questions that are up in the air. But with those young players that you, we just mentioned a moment ago, there is some actual hope going into next year. Now, the ones that they got rid of, like uh, Frank Sheridale and some of the other ones that just weren't cutting it, uh, it looks like the Cubs do have a plan. We just want to see what their plan is for as far as free agency is concerned. They do have money. Will they spend it wisely? That's the question. Yeah, will they actually spend it, though? I think that's going to be a thing. I know that um, Tom Ricketts said that they will have money uh, for the offseason. Again, will they use it and how they use it is going to be the number mm-hmm. one uh, thing here. But, yeah, like I said, I think the future looks really good and really bright for the Cubs. So I think you should be very encouraged if you're a Cubs fan. Now, as far as the White Sox are concerned, uh, not so much. I mean, they avoid the sweep against the Padres. Yippee. Uh, you know, bravo. Look, big, good for you. You saved yourself from getting swept. Good, good yeah. for you. But on the flip side, Lakina, real quick before you continue, Dylan Cease didn't deserve what happened to him on Saturday. That's true. And if yeah. I'm Dylan Cease, I know you're an even kill guy, but his last six, seven starts, the offense has not backed him up. It makes no sense. And I hate to say what a fitting way to end his 2022 season. He, uh, his offense costed him a Cy Young award without having a lack of offense behind him. And if he does end up losing that side young, I mean, that, that could be. That's why. why. That's that why. Be why. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Go ahead, continue. Yeah. So, but yeah, but, uh, you know, but sort of like the big buzz, of course, you know, there were rumors about it over the weekend right after we went off on Friday, Sid. And of course, you know, I guess it was confirmed that uh, Tony La Russa, who, you know, of course, you know, has heart issues, you know, didn't finish the season, mm-hmm. but it looks like he's not going to come back. He's going to retire. So I know you got a lot of things to say about this, Sid, so I'll let you have the floor. <laughs> here's the here's the thing about Tony Russa. Uh, did the should the White Sox got rid of him early in the season? Yes, but they were technically still in it, and that and that's why they didn't get rid of him. Now, could we we'll break this all down as we go along here and in, in, in other shows to follow. But was the White Sox season um, all Tony Russa's fault? No, it, it's an organizational structure and the way they go about operating things. It just hasn't worked. Now, you could partly blame La Russa, but most of it goes to the front office and then the players second. The players ultimately, uh, they, they're, they're ultimately responsible for what goes on in the clubhouse and on the field. They could control what they can, what they can control, and, 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 that's, and that's their performance. Now, at times, Lakina, we talked about this. Thank you, Lamont. I'm trying to be professional. It's the best way I, way I can right now. But it's been at times where I, I thought that this team has quit especially after losing that first game in the Cleveland Guardian series a couple of weeks ago here in Chicago, and they're just going through the motions. Lance Lynn, we talked about it. Lance Lynn said it. Liam Hendricks said it. Giolito has said it. Other players like A.J. Pollock coming from organizations have said it. The way the White Sox do things around here is not the way you go about business. Now the White Sox organization has to take a look at themselves, at hard look at themselves at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Where do we go from here? I know one thing, they're not going to tear this down, restart, restart this thing over. That's not going to happen. You First of all, you got to get a, a, a new manager. And I want to ask our listeners and viewers, uh, which manager would you like to have on the South Side next year? Is it Miguel Cairo? Is it Joe Girardi? Is it AJ? Would you like to see Ozzy Guillen back, which I don't think is going to happen. But uh, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago YouTube. Type in your answers, and we'll put them up on the screen for you. Who you like to see as the next White Sox manager? First of all, you got to get the manager in place. So hopefully you're working on that right now. And after you get the manager, will you will GM Rick Hahn, which I don't think he should lose his job, but he's not going to, will this new manager work with Rick Hahn and give them both free reigns to go and help put a roster 
in the philosophy and the image of this new manager, whoever is going to be. And I think that's going to be the, the, the key here. Yeah, I mean, you know, the personnel isn't there right now. Of course, you want to try to keep this core together, but Abreu, mm-hmm. you know, his contract is up. Do you, do you want to bring him back? And, you know, there are a couple other guys. I mean, I know Josh Harrison, you'll probably, he'll probably be gone. I know uh, Cueto is probably going to be gone, too. Um, mm-hmm. I know Kelly is probably going to be gone as well. So it, it's sort of interesting for, for me that this whole thing, you know, with the Sox, because I feel like the Sox, there's no clear direction, I don't think. I know they want to try to contend, but the personnel just isn't there at the moment. You know, you got mm-hmm. the pitching. You know, you may have to add another reliever, maybe get another back-end guy. We'll see how Michael Kopech is after he comes back from surgery. Mm-hmm. So it's just like one of those things where you just need to find the right manager maybe. You know, do you do you try to get maybe a Quayle? Do you give him a shot, you know, at a, in a full-time basis? But you got – I mean, look, you got Joe Girardi. He's you know, full, you know, running around. I know some people mm-hmm. say AJ. I know our buddy Horb Lawrence from CHGO does think that's a good idea. Um, you know, because of lack of experience, uh, do you, I, I don't know, do you bring, I, I don't, I know Ozzy's going to make sure to put his name out there. I don't think that's going to happen for multiple reasons. So that's not happening. I know, you know, I'm sure there are some Sox fans that would love that, but I don't think it's happening. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, will Rick Hahn lose his job? He probably won't, but I, I, I would be surprised if he does lose his job. I mean, because of the fact that, you know, hopefully he'll have the free reign to be able to pick his guy this time. He can use the excuse where, look, you know, Tony LaRusso wasn't my guy. So, which but, is true. Which is true. But again, this case, it won't be that that will be the case anymore. So, I, I feel like at this point, you know, if you're, you know, there's another question I want to uh, uh, you know, post to our watch, our listeners and our viewers here who has the better uh, future, you know, the Cubs or the White Sox? Mm-hmm. If you had to ask me right now, I probably would, you know, pick the Cubs just for the simple fact that this season might be like, you know, even though we don't know what direction they're going to go to. I think they see that they have a direction. Mm-hmm. The Sox doesn't see that there's a lot of infighting. There's a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, so, you know, tug of war going on. I just don't see, I just don't know what's going on there. We just don't know. Here's the thing for the White Sox, whoever that manager is going to be, like we say, we got to give, uh, they got to give him free reign to uh, build a roster uh, in his philosophy and in, in, in his image. And, and number two for the White Sox, they, the, whoever that manager is, and I said this to Herb and, and, and Sean Anderson, hoping we'll get him on this program down the road. Uh, they did their post game show last night from CHGO, which you catch here on YouTube, or go to their website, allchgo.com. Uh, I said this to them last night on the post game. You, they need a manager like Mike Keenan. Remember the old hockey coach mm-hmm. with the Blackhawks back in the day? He took them mm-hmm. to the Stanley Cup final in 92 before losing mm-hmm. to Pittsburgh. He got the finally got the New York Rangers over two years later mm-hmm. in 94 with the Stanley Cup. They need a, a manager that's going to hold them accountable. Tony LaRusa La did not do that this year. And I don't think he did that as much last year. And I, I know he was trying to adapt to today's players. And remember, the old Tony LaRusa didn't give a damn what you thought. He managed the way he did it, and it worked. He brought multiple World Series. He, he won one with Oakland, of course. He uh, he brought two to St. Louis. So, uh, and that for for whatever reason that didn't work here in Chicago. You got to the playoffs last year, winning the division comfortably. But the way that he used to do it, he didn't bring that over here to Chicago. Now, like I said before, whoever this new manager is, uh, you had to hold players accountable at all times, whether it's the the twenty fifth guy on the roster or it's the superstar. They need the Sox need whoever's going to be on this team next year. They need someone in their in their rear ends from sun up to sundown. 
is just to hold players accountable in the way that those Sox players, and we talked about this all year, Lakina, the way those Sox players rolled their gloves out, they expected teams to just roll over them because they were the White Sox from a year ago. It didn't work. It well, didn't work. Well, to put a capper on this discussion, because you know, we, I want to talk about some of the stuff that went on like uh, uh, nationally and in, in baseball. But to put a capper on this, I, I feel like sort of you know, there just needs to be some direction. There needs to be something you know, kind of like this whole thing where you know his style, the Russo style, is not going to work for today's player. They need someone that's mm-hmm. you know probably fresh off you know, maybe retiring or someone has been around the game for a few years to sort of like look and say, okay, look, this is a philosophy I want to, you know, try. Let's do this. And, and look, it's sort of one of those things where you sort of say to yourself, like, what do you, what do you need me to do? What do you want to do? What do you, what direction do you want to go to? And will Rick Hahn have that reign to sort of try and, you know, do what he needs to do and what he wants to do, but that's going to be the real key. Who's going to have control here? Well, we'll, you know, we'll Ryan sort of, you know, try to, you know, stick his nose in and try to kind of see what happens. But, again, we just got to wait and see. But we'll see what happens there. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown with you. And, uh, look, if you guys get a chance, you know, comment, you know, on the both the Facebook and the YouTube section and see if, you know, what do you guys think about the Sox, you know, their future and who has a better future, the Cubs or the, or the White Sox. But, you know, going, you know, into nationally, that's going to happen. Congratulations to the, uh, the Seattle Mariners, I should Yay. say. Yay. I was Woo-hoo. thinking about you watching that on Friday. <laughs> I and shout out it. to uh, TV announcer uh, Dave Sims. Sims. For, that yeah. was a great call on uh, Root you, Sports yeah, out you, there in Seattle Yeah, if you guys have not yeah. seen the call, you should go. You'll go on yeah. the LLC, the, uh, the Mariners uh, YouTube. Uh, well, uh, well, their YouTube channel and probably their uh their uh their social media accounts. The way his, mm-hmm. his, his you saw both his uh, you heard his reaction. Also, you saw his reaction too. Like you know, he said, "Hey now, hey now," and like yeah, the excitement because it had been twenty one years since the Mariners have you know been in the playoffs. I think that's like the longest among all North American sports. Mm-hmm. That's including you know all the major sports. You know. Baseball, you know, NBA, NFL, hockey too, and I think a couple mm-hmm. other leagues as well. So that was and Cal Raleigh was the one that actually uh, <laughs> that pitched. Yep. I think he's the first guy to do that to have a to a pitch hit walk off home run to push a playoff spot. So yeah, that that's a, that demo home run was just really cool. So if you guys get a chance to you know hear it and see it, you know, check that out. But you know they they get it for the first time in 21 years. It's just an awesome. It's, and they're gonna be depending depend on who they play. It's gonna be a tough tough out for somebody. What's up, Brandon? How are you? We're doing just fine. Hope you're doing well as well. But uh, yeah, Sid, what what caught your eye this week among all the clinchers? Yeah, and one more thing about the Mariners. Uh, did you see that celebration? Uh, usually after yes. every game, the outfielders do that little yes. shuffle, chorus yes. line, and circle. Yes. The whole organization, <laughs> the whole team, including Scott Service, joined. If you guys didn't see it, check it out on social media. It, it, it was awesome. Of course, they popped the champagne in the locker room. It, it was mm-hmm. something special. So congratulations to the Mariners. I know I was thinking about you, Lakino, on Friday watching that. So uh, that, that was awesome. But other happenings around baseball over the weekend, the Atlanta Braves, I told you back in August they had one more run left them as everybody and then mama thought that the New York Mets was gonna have that in at least division crime wrapped up. Atlanta said, Nope, we're the defending world champions. We had the better pitching. While you New York Mets are cruising against these bad teams, uh, we're gonna take over. And now with winning the series over the weekend at home, Atlanta has a two-game lead over the New York Mets. All they have to do is win one more game. A couple more games, I should say, and the Mets lose a couple more games. And the, your defending world champion Braves are back-to-back NL East champions. Yeah, their match number is down to one to clinch the division. Okay, so, one, okay. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what, what happens uh, there. But, yeah, the Mets, I mean, 
I mean, look, they 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 had their chance to try to win that series. They they won the opener, but they they you know well mm -hmm. you know, they got swept, I should say. So yeah, but they had their chance to win like you know at least two of those games. They had a chance to try to at least like you know sort of like you know keep you know themselves from getting uh, swept. But you know uh, you know Dansby Swanson, Matt Olson. I mean, look, you mm -hmm. know they they came through in the clutch. So you know they're the re they, they showed you why they are the defending. Uh, World Series champions of race I'm talking about. So yeah, that that mm -hmm. they were sort of like the big sort of thing as to you know that three game series. They really stepped up. They're just second pair of taste to hit a home run in each of the games of the three game series. They joined uh, Eddie Matthews and Lee May, who did it for the Giants way back in 1961. So you know they were kind of like sort of like you know the uh, the guys that kind of led the way there for the Braves. So if you're the metric kickers, though, because there were a couple couple of those games where you have your chances to perhaps maybe at least win two of those games. So. Yeah, and now the Braves hang on to win the NL East. Uh, I, I know the Dodgers have the uh, – they lead the NL in wins. Remember the top – with this new form, playoff format, now the top two teams in each league will get a bye in the wild card round. So mm -hmm. it will be the Braves and the Dodgers will get the first-round buys. And if you're in the New York Mets, you thought you was going to cruise into the playoffs. Nope, you got to play in the wild card round. <laughs> mm -hmm. And speaking of the NL East, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies there as they made a managerial managerial change early in the season. Looks like they're going to the playoffs. They won two out of their last three games in in our nation's capital against the bad Washington Nationals team. After losing the opener, they split the doubleheader on Saturday. They won again in a short six inning game yesterday because of rain. Yeah, and I think their magic number is down to one to clinch that uh, wild card spot. Now they play the Astros. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where the mindset is for the Astros. I mean, will they sit some of their guys out? Will they just play a lot mm -hmm. of their like, you know, their you know minor league guys and such? Yeah, because they have the number one seed wrapped yeah, up, so and so they'll skip the wild card round. Up. Yeah, they they're they're all wrapped up, so they don't have to play in the wild card round mm -hmm. in the AL. So they may that might not be much for them to play for. So if you're the Phillies, you need to take advantage of that because the Brewers actually mm -hmm. face the D bats. So those these last three, so it's going to be interesting to see. So. If you're the Phillies, you better try and win one of these next three games against Houston because mm -hmm. if not, you're going to be in the golf course. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens there. But look, what real quick, I want to go back to the last time the, uh, the Mariners went to the playoffs, Julio Rodriguez was only eight months old. He was barely learning how to eat solid food when, uh, when they were <laughs> That's how long it's been. So, you know, go figure there. But, uh, yeah, I mean. And a little personal history for me during that time. Of course, you know, that was doing the, the whole 9-11 Tragedy. Mm -hmm. You're sure you just started broadcasting school at ICB at the time. So, mm, okay. So, yeah. So, it's, it's like I said, it's been yeah. a long time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. So Even though I'm still the... 29. I just right, want to yeah. point that out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It very you know, well played, Sid. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, that's there's still one more spot to, uh, to be, be clinched. Like I said, I mean, the Phillies are kind of in the driver's mm -hmm. seat there. Their match number, I believe, is only one. It's down to mm -hmm. one. So, you know, they just got to win the one of their next, you know, three games against you know, the Astros and they can yeah. clinch that to that, to, you know, that wild card spot in the last wild card spot and all the uh, the playoff spots will be clinched. Uh, so, oh, congratulations know. to Tampa Bay. They clinched the playoff oh, yeah, spot they're, on they're Friday. Spot too. Yeah, they're, they're four Houston, straight, yeah. Yeah, that's for the four straight uh, uh, playoff berth. So congrats to them. I know that's been it was a little bit close there that they probably weren't going to be able to get it, but they were able to they got had a little bit of a run last month that they were kind of able to put it together and they were able to that spot over the weekend now Aaron Judge it seems like nobody wants to be in the history books he's still trying to uh look for a 60 second <laughs> home run so you know <laughs> so uh you know he was walking there like like 12 times and he was struck out like twice <laughs> and now he plays the Rangers you know the the, the Yankees play the Rangers to finish up the regular on season. the road so, 
So do you what do you think? Do you think if you're the if you're the Rangers pitchers, do you you do you try to do the same thing that other teams have been doing? Just try to walk in, try to force them to strike out because you don't want to be in the history books. No, you don't. You you would think that their new manager would tell those pitchers to pitch around them, but it depends on the situation of the game. I won't be surprised if Aaron Judge has intentionally walked a, a couple of times. Like I said, it'll depend on the situation in the game, but you would think you would uh, pitch around them, at least challenge them a couple of times. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think if, you know, if you try... At least for the integrity, integrity, the integrity of the game. Uh, yeah, integrity of the game. Integrity. There we go. Say it five times fast. But in, in the integrity of the game, you know, you at least want to challenge Aaron Judge. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Rangers pretty decide to do. Will he be able to have a shot to get sit number 62? We'll have to see. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting. So that's, that's another game we, uh, to watch out for in these last three games of the regular season. So, you know, it, it's good. Like I said, I mean, it'll be interesting to see that, like the, the Phillies can clinch and such. I mean, who's going to win the, the, you know, if if Judge get to 62 and there's some other races, of course, you still got some, both the NL and the AL uh, Cy Young races, of course, that might have been decided already because, you know, Seas hasn't had a lot of run support. So it looks like maybe mm-hmm. Orlando might, might get it. But, yep. you know, we'll see, uh, you know, yeah, this is sort of the time of year. I, look, I know people are saying, wait, why are they finishing? I know because my mom even asked me, why are they finishing the regular season on a Wednesday? Because of what happened earlier this year, because for the lockout for like the for the mm-hmm. first month. So they had to do it like in the middle of the week like this. So mm-hmm. really the only like I said, really the only games that are really important at this point, other than the and the 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 Rangers for you know obvious reasons for with judge. But of course, like we said. Like we said, the, you know, the Phillies, they play the Astros. Like I said, we just mm-hmm. see what the Astros' mindset is. Will they just, you know, play, let you know, some of their guys rest and play, just just play like their, their minor league guys and see if they can, you know. The Phillies are like, oh, i got to win one. Of course, Milwaukee, they play the Diamondbacks. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting at home. So we'll, we'll be interested to see what, what happens, you know, in these last three games with those teams involved. Yeah, they'll they'll be doing some scoreboard watching uh, as the Phillies would take on the Astros. So we'll we'll see what happens there. As that last wild card spot in the NL uh, in the National League will we'll be deciding these next the day or days. And so we'll see what happens with that. Other important series uh, of note, uh, I'll say Toronto at Baltimore only because Toronto they're trying to set up their rotation as they clinched the playoffs by early last week, and so they're trying to uh, uh, get some momentum going into the playoffs. Baltimore. They're 82 and 77. I'm proud of this team. That's a little bit more than well, I can say about my team, the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Who would have thunk it, Lakina? The Baltimore losing 100 games last year. They're going to finish the year over 500. Uh, as of right now, like I said, it's a long off season, but as of right now, I have better faith in Baltimore's management than I do in the White Sox right now. For Baltimore, like I said, we'll get more deep into it as the offseason uh, um arises in in November, but if Baltimore gets one more big power bat and they mm-hmm. get a couple of starting pitchers, watch out for them next year. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah, they joined the 1899 St. Louis Perfectos. You guys remember, you remember that team said and the Louisville <laughs> and Louisville Colonials, you know, Colonels, I think that's how they say it, Colonels, as the only team to finish, you know, 500 or better in a season after recording 110 losses in, in the prior season. So and they, and they, and they traded a uh, train man city who's probably one of like, you know, that that guy, like, you know, during the trade deadline. So I don't think anybody mm-hmm. thought that, that Baltimore would even be challenged for the wild AL wild card as long as they were. So 
you know, like I said, I mean, it's going to be very interesting. Like you, like you said, I mean, you know, they really, they're really not that much to play for. If you're the Blue Jays, you just want to make sure you'll set up your rotation for, you know, the wild card, you know, series and such. But I mean, it's going to be, oh, it should be okay. I mean, it's not going to be like, you know, too much, but you, know, you want to kind of keep, keep that momentum going. And uh, the, the game two of that Phillies Astros series will be on TBS tomorrow at 7 10. So that mm-hmm. could be the clinch of playoff spot. Who knows? But, it uh, could be. <laughs> But you know it's going to be very interesting there. So it's going to be like I said, it's going to be a lot of scoreboard watching. So these last, these next three days should be fun. Our, our buddy Lamont Scott chiming in once again via Facebook. If Baltimore gets some pitches, they'll be dangerous. I, I, oh, I, I strongly agree with that. I strongly agree with that. And one more note: as the regular season concludes, all of the games on Wednesday, the last day of the regular season, will start at three ten p.m. Central Standard Time, just because. Mm-hmm if uh, have any clinching scenarios or things along that line. So they've been doing that for a while. The last days of the regular season, all games will start at the same time. So mm-hmm. all the Wednesday games for the regular season finale will start at 3, 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. Of course, the wild card round will start Friday, October 7th at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. We'll preview the playoffs on our next show on Friday. Yeah, hopefully everything will be clinched so none of the other score watchers will be moot, but it'll be right. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's how they do that, though, because they've been doing it like the last like, like 10 or 15 years, I think, you know, to kind of keep people from scoreboard watching. So, you know, yeah. we've, we've seen some instances where, you know, you know, teams have clinched you know, or have lost games because of, you know, the, the scoreboard watching and such. So, yeah, remember September 11th? No, it's not September 11th. Uh, September of 2011, Lakeen, yeah. they actually made a doc- documentary about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the, that day was crazy. I think it was Chipper Jones's last year in the league. Yep. Uh, Atlanta thought they had a, a spot wrapped up. And then, of course, Tampa Bay came from behind. The Yankees sat yep. some guys. And, well, that yep. was crazy. And, and you get a chance to uh, see that documentary. Check it out on YouTube. It was a crazy day, the last day of the season back in 2011. Mm-hmm. And of course, the Boston yeah. Red Sox, the yep. chicken and beer team. That cost mm-hmm. Terry Francona his job and a whole lot mm-hmm. of people their jobs over there. Just saying, but that was one of the craziest last days of the regular season of all time. Yeah. On that note, though, we'll be talking some college football week five. Uh, speaking of uh, jobs, uh, Illinois caused a team to you know fire their head coach. We'll talk about Woo! that in a second. And some <laughs> upset. Yeah, and a couple of upsets too. It's, a it's not funny, but some, it is. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, uh, there's some statement wins by you know some other teams as well, and also two uh. Old school TV Monday and the Bulls, you know, feeling pretty good after their first couple of days of practice. And uh, the Suns lose to a professional team from uh, Australia. Okay. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> yeah. I, I look, I wish, look, I've always, if I was ever creative, I wish I could make this stuff up, but I haven't. We'll talk about all that and more coming up next. Lakita McGee, Sydney Brown, Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, our final break of the hour coming up right after this. Anything in that zone? 
there are a few who move toward the sounds of chaos. Ready to respond at a moment's notice. And when the time comes, they are the first to move toward the sounds of tyranny, injustice, and despair. They are forged in the crucible of training. They are the few, the proud, the Marines. Welcome back to our last break of the show right here on the old school TV Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in living color of sports. Zoe, Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. And you can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina's going to on the IG. We have less than a half hour left of this. It's Dreva again, so we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Let's review uh, week five from college football. Lakino from over the weekend. We'll, we'll start out local as to the final line. Yes, Brett Beal must find the line. I uh, get it done in, in Camp Randall. They defeated the Wisconsin Batchers 34 to 10. Their stud running back for the final line nine, Mr. Chase Brown, did the job carrying the rock. 25 carries, 125, 29 yards in the score. The defense stepped up, shutting down Wisconsin for the entire second half while scoring 17 of their 34 points in the third quarter. Wisconsin had some injuries as well. Lakina, I did have a chance to watch some of that game, some of that game live via my television screen, courtesy of the Big Ten Network. Uh, as we talked about on Friday, Lakina. Illinois had to stay disciplined, not turn the football over, not have very many many penalties. They're the more disciplined team, and they executed from start to finish on Saturday. And Tommy DeVito also had a, a nice showing too. He threw a couple mm-hmm. of touchdown passes as well. Well, and and sort of like it's sort of one of those things where check this out, Sid. And this is sort of like where would you know Jeremy Werner, who uh, covers uh, Illini sports down there in Champaign, does a great. Hope we can get him on his program soon. Yeah, he's been doing it forever. Well, uh, not not forever, but um, you, know, you guys know what I mean. But yeah, uh, they're Illinois is number one in scoring defense, pass efficiency. They're number three to, three in total defense, rush defense, uh, number fifteen in sacks. So. That's yeah. That you never you never thought that feel you know, about you know about a quarter through the season and about a third through the season I should say and Illinois mm-hmm. would be like at or near the top or the top t- top end of all those uh all those things. So it's sort of like one of the it's sort of like it's it's crazy to think that you know that Illinois has you know been you know that that sort of whole you know that that whole thing. Your Brett Bielema has done a great mm-hmm. job. Uh, you know, Timmy DeVito only had three rushing touchdowns, but he only had like minus two rushing yards. Yeah, go figure there. But uh. You know, yeah. so it's, it's interesting that that uh, that they're what they're doing right now. You know, Brett Bielema has his guys playing uh, very well right now, and I thought I just had uh, their 
Well, okay, we'll, we'll get to all that in a second. But yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody thought that Illinois would be where they are right now. So no, I know going, I didn't. Right, and you know Ryan Walters, who's their defensive coordinator. Of course, his name's being thrown around with some of the various jobs. We'll get to those in a second. But but even he says, look, he's from Savoy, Illinois, which is right in that area in Champaign, and mm-hmm. he's the defense coordinator of Illinois. So he put that you know put the kibosh on that. So he so he's going to be sticking around for a little bit because he's near his hometown. So. You know, we won't be going to any jobs anytime soon, so you guys better hold him to that. But and I'm sure Josh will will we'll give a we'll give a little bit of bump of salary too to make sure that doesn't happen. But uh, look, Illinois is looking really good right now. Look, can they sustain it? That's a whole another thing. But you know, they're looking really good so far. Yeah, let me ask you this question before we move on. Do you think that the final line I should be ranked? <sighs> I can see why they're not right now. I mean. You know, okay. Virginia's going through a rebuild. You know, Wyoming's going through a rebuild. Indiana, we'll get to them in a second. They're having some uh, issues, too, with injuries and such. Wisconsin, they're going through injuries right now. So I can see why they're not ranked at the moment. They, you know, they have Iowa coming up this week. They host Iowa. You know, we'll talk about that on Friday. But, yeah, it's <laughs> – but, yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll probably get there. I mean, look, there there might be the driver's seat than the Big Ten was after, after what happened uh, this week, last week, last Saturday, this past Saturday, I should say. So we'll get to that in a second. Uh, going to some of the – uh. The early, the other games, uh, keep it in the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan won the in Iowa for the first time since check us out since since 2005. Ooh. As they hold, <laughs> make me feel old. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, here's the thing. You know, well, get ready to feel older too. Jim Harbaugh, who was the uh, head coach, you know, he was 0 and 2. Remember when he was in the mid 80s when he was at Michigan, their quarterback, he was 0 and 2 there as well. So, Ugh. yeah. So. <laughs> Yo, know, he's gets exercise those those demons. Of course, you know people say, you know, can they say it was where, uh, you know, undefeated team is going to die? Well, Michigan made sure that that did not happen to them. So they get their first wins since '05. And look, you know, like I said, you know, give the guy, give the ball to Blake Corum, and you know, yep. let him do his thing. And that's exactly what the, what they did. Uh, 133 rushing yards and a touchdown. JJ McCarthy had 155 yards and a touchdown. You know, so that was a nice show in there. It was also their defense too that kind of kept mm-hmm. you. Know, uh, Iowa, you know, it's not kind of that base as we they thought that maybe Iowa starting to uh, catch up. The defense stepped up late, so you know, with a key, uh, you know, fourth down stop. So Michigan looking really good so far. Yeah, and you 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 pretty much took the words out of my mouth. I did turn to this game for like two minutes, and Michigan was dominating Iowa already. It, like we said, Lakina, it was it was it was going to come down to quarterback play in defense. Defense was the call for. Michigan and like you said, Iowa did get back into it with 14 unanswered points in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't nearly 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 enough. And the Wolverines controlled the temper from start to finish. Absolutely. And uh yeah, let me get this score up. Uh Georgia should not have had a hard time against uh the finding Mike Bermans as we 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 tease that to him because you know, <laughs> our buddy Mike Berman from BC Chicago, of course. Yeah, friend of the show. Yeah, we yep. gotta get him back on at some point. Uh, you know, Ms. Missouri, Mizzou, you know, was up for a while, but yeah, they were up know. by twelve. I did watch the fourth quarter of that game. Uh, you knew that Georgia was gonna make a comeback, and they did. Uh, behind their star quarterback, Mr. Stetson Bennett, twenty-four forty-three for three hundred twelve yards, but it was Georgia's running game. They had over one hundred ten rushing yards in the second half. They sealed that win for the Bulldogs. They avoided an upset. Yeah, thank goodness. So, uh, but you know, again, Georgia, don't look too far ahead. You know, keep it one week at a time. Mm-hmm. I know Kirby Smart was not very happy after that game. So, uh, you take the win, but you know, let let's not you know go too far ahead of yourselves if you're uh, Georgia. Now, speaking there, uh, Bryce Young, who uh, got hurt, you know, was a separated shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not long term, but it looks like he is going to be gone for a little bit. Uh, Jalen 
Moreau from uh, who's actually just from outside of Plano, Texas, got the start. He led to a touchdown. Uh, you know, had a touchdown pass, but it was Jamani Jam Jamir Gibbs, I should say, who had two hundred six mm -hmm. yards and two touchdowns. And interesting stat here: he averaged uh, over eleven yards per rush. That's a, that's the highest uh, yards per rush by an Alabama player with at least uh, fifteen carries. Yeah, going back to Sean Alexander, remember that name said in nineteen ninety six. That's a school record for two hundred ninety one yards and twenty attempts. You know he did that. He did that uh, against LSU in ninety six. So uh, you know it got look. It looks like Bryce is going to be gone for a little for a couple of weeks, maybe mm -hmm. two three weeks, maybe even this week. Who knows? But uh, you got you got Mister Gibbs to kind of pick up the slack, literally. And also, too, what about the Alabama defense? They didn't have to be dominant, but they made the plays when they had to. When they had to, Arkansas, uh, I, I was kind of afraid that this was going to happen. I thought they were going to be more competitive, but it just didn't turn out in their in their favor. So, uh, credit Alabama with some guys uh, going down. They find a way to win, and actually, I'll score Arkansas in that fourth quarter, twenty-one to three, to kind of seal that game away. Absolutely. So, yeah. So uh, looking really good for Alabama. Also looking really good is Ohio State, of course, another big mm -hmm. showing uh, holding off uh, Rutgers 49 to 10. Well, not holding them off. They basically dominated them 40, 49 to 10. Mian, Mayan Williams uh, had 189 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns. She didn't, try, didn't have to do too much, you know, threw for two touchdowns, had an interception, but it really didn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, Williams was the was the star there for Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Yep, CJ Stroud does it again 154 yards passing and two touchdowns in their start right receiver for the Buckeyes, carrying the rock, uh, Miriam Williams, uh, 21 carries, 189 yards, and five touchdowns. So that was one of the best performances of college football from Saturday. Like you mentioned, Lakino, Ohio State, we always expect them to be there at the end, and they do what many teams in their session are supposed to do take care of your weaker opponents, dominate them from start to finish. Clemson, uh, Venezuela lost to NC State last year, and uh, yeah, it was close for a little bit. But you know, mm -hmm. in the uh, in the second half, uh, you know, the, the Tigers took it up a notch, and DJ Oglier had a touchdown uh, pass, but and also two touchdown, two rushing touchdowns. He really wanted to prove himself after he was just manhandling last year's game down in Raleigh. But it was also their defense too that kind of you know showed up a little bit. You know, they they slowed. Uh, North Carolina State's uh, offense down. You know, Devin Leary really couldn't. You know, he had a touchdown earlier in the game, but you know, they really mm. couldn't do anything too much, and and you know, it really didn't mean anything. But it was actually like said that defense really slowed that Wolfpack offense down. Yep, and Clemson holds on for that thirty to twenty victory, as you mentioned. Clemson num ranked number five. They're three and zero in the ACC, five and zero overall. NC State, which was ranked number ten, they dropped. They dropped to four and one, and this is what's their first loss in conference play. Number six, USC, they get it done in front of their home fans against the struggling Arizona State program. Uh, the Sun Devils go down forty-two to twenty-five. Caleb Williams, another big day for the Trojan star quarterback. 348 yards and three touchdown passes, but it was a star right receiver Jordan Addison, eight catches for over 105 yards. Yeah, really a solid showing there. Uh, taking advantage of the Arizona State team that's going through it right now. So, you know, you, know, you did what you're supposed to if you're the Trojans. You did what you did on to the next game. Uh, Kentucky and Ole Miss. I mean, this was a sort of a wild finish here. Uh, you know, you know, you thought that maybe Ole Miss lost it, but then they didn't. And then, like, there was a, a an interception, and then they, you know, then they couldn't the penalty they, too. They penalties too. You know, they really couldn't do anything. So you thought they lost, and then they actually did lose. Didn't lose it, and then the old Miss. You know, well, well. The, the point is that Lane Kiffin's guys are now five and zero. Oh, so you know, you gotta be feeling pretty good if you're old Miss right now. 
Yeah, then I admit, if memory serves me correctly, Lakin, didn't I say that old Miss was a bigger game for them on Friday? If I did, uh, I had to pat myself on the back and check the tape. But uh, it, like you say, it was a a hard fought game between two uh, two uh, classic rivalry rivals in the SEC. Ole Miss, I know they're they're flying under the radar with some folks now. They're five and zero. Kentucky has been up there all year. They dropped to four and one, but. Uh, maybe one of these teams will meet up against Alabama in the SEC championship, but there's a long way to go for that happens, but we'll see. Should be, yeah, and they actually, I think they do face each other in a, in a couple of weeks, uh, but <laughs> Oklahoma State and Baylor, you know, this is a really good game too. I got a chance to check it out. Our, uh, you know, Jason Benetti, uh, one of our faves, you know, got the call of this one. Actually, it turned out to be a pretty good game. You know, Baylor, you know, you know made some moves. They were like perfect on fourth down the first half to kind of, you know, kept it going, but it was actually Spencer Sanders and that offense had a touchdown, you know, rushing touchdown and a, a, a touchdown pass, but it was their defense. I'm talking about um, Oklahoma State that kind of helped propel mm-hmm. them and kept them ahead against Baylor. Yep, Baylor. Like I said, Baylor had the office, but the defense just couldn't come through. But some of the star players that stood out for Baylor, Blake Shapin, 28-40 for 345 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the stud running back, Richard Reese, carried the rock 17 times for 85 yards and a score. And um, Monterey Baldwin had seven catches for 174 yards and two scores. Like you said, Baylor is always – it has been up there for the last few years, but they took a hit on Saturday against the uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys. We'll see how Baylor responds next week. They're now three and two on the year, while Oklahoma State is four and zero. Yeah, they got a little bit of a because they had a bye to get extra week to get prepared for this game. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that definitely helped the Cowboys there. Uh, Northwestern, you know, kept it close for a little bit, but <laughs> it was too much. You know, Penn State, you know, they were able to pull it out, seventeen uh, seven. I mean, you know, there's really nothing else you can say. I mean, the defense, you know, they they kept the the the, the lines at bay for a little bit, but yeah, you know, the, the really did you see that fourth down. fourth down play? Yeah, uh, for Northwestern <laughs> in the fourth early in that fourth quarter, that was the deciding factor of the game. What did we talk about, Lakino, on Friday? I know they had the rainstorm uh, with the effect after the after effects of that hurricane, but what did we talk about on Friday, Lakina? They had to run the ball, they had to produce points and not turn the football over. That, that goal line stand by Penn State's defense was mm-hmm. the sealer of the game for me. Northwesters just cannot be consistent enough putting points on the board. Uh, you can rely on your defense to a certain point, and we, so we see it in the pros. Once once your defense breaks, it's over, and that's what happened yeah. to the Northwestern in Happy Valley on Saturday. I yeah, was really disappointed. Yeah, not a good performance. I was surprised, but, but I was disappointed. Yeah, that, that play call there, that just wasn't, you know, Penn State was able to kind of stuff them on fourth down, mm-hmm. and that was the difference there. Uh, Utah, no letdown here. You know, they, I, I think they heard us when they said they should have an upset against Oregon State. You know, they dominated Oregon State <laughs> from the jump. Uh, 42-16, of course, Oregon avoid the letdown, uh, beating uh, Stanford. You know, don't be fooled by the score. Of course, you know, Stanford scored a lot of garbage TDs uh, and points late. But Texas A&M and Mississippi State, I mean, uh, A&M, I'm surprised they actually scored 24 points. But unfortunately, Mississippi State dates, you know, dominated. And uh, especially in the fourth quarter, uh, Will Rogers for uh, uh, Mississippi State had three touchdowns. Uh, Dylan Johnson had a rushing touchdown. It was really like they could get it together on offense. I'm talking about uh, Texas A&M. You mm-hmm. know, they – they go for a couple times on fourth down, you know, that they, they you know, got stuffed and then everything else kind of started happening after that. I think they you know, one of their, their Max Johnson, their quarterback got hurt and they mm-hmm. brought in you know, Haynes King, you know, he really wasn't very good. He had two interceptions and they couldn't get it really get it going on offense. So that's why Mississippi State was able to pull off the upset. Yeah. Doesn't Texas A&M play Alabama on Saturday? 
I believe you're right. Yep. Yeah, we'll get to that game on Saturday. I'm not saying they looked uh, ahead, but like you said, they just couldn't take care of business on the road as t- the Aggies dropped to three and two on the year. Mississippi State improves to four and one. Both teams are one and one in the SEC. Speaking of a team that got caught with their pants down, no pun intended, number 18, Oklahoma, that's now two in a row that uh, they're, uh, they're losing streak. Uh, so they go down to TCU and get blown out 55-24. I, I'm doing the shrugs here for those who are going to be listening to this, this later on War Media. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I when I looked at the score, I was like, huh? What? They scored 27 points in the first quarter? What? Yeah. Like, Max Dugan had uh, three touchdown uh, passes and two touchdowns, rushed for 116 yards. Kendra Miller also had, uh, you know, had 116, 136 yards, I say, and two touchdown runs as well. I, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, I heard Chris Fowler say it. I mean, there's something going on down there in Norman right now. Uh, the defense, I know Brett Venables is a defensive guy. He just doesn't have the guys to run his defense right now. So you kind of have to grin and bear it if you're Oklahoma and if you're an OU fan. So I would say be patient. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly don't know. And uh, look, I, I, I don't know. I, I've got nothing, but I don't know what to say about that performance. Yeah, let's uh, go back to uh, locally in college football. Northern Illinois had a 10-point lead late. They lose to Ball State 38-44 to in overtime. Double overtime. Yeah, that was a tough one. I saw the highlights of it. Just not – yeah, a couple of questionable uh, play calls late, so that kind of killed them there. But, uh, yeah, that was a tough one to lose to Ball State. Uh, Purdue and Minnesota. Uh, thanks, thank oh, you, Minnesota. Oh, I was disappointed. Thank you, Thank you, Minnesota, uh, for making us like idiots again. Thank you for the second straight year in a row. Purdue uh, beat you guys. Uh, you know, they had uh, they caught Tudor, since for Aiden O'Connell. It was Devin uh, Maccabee yeah. who had 112 yards and a touchdown mm-hmm. to Dylan Downey. had a had a, a touch a rushing touchdown, but Tanner Morgan was intercepted three times. So yeah. th- thanks a lot, Minnesota. Thanks. And uh, Cam Allen had two of those interceptions. So, oof, God, that, that, a very, very brutal homecoming up there in the Twin Cities. Yeah, it was the Boreal Makers running game late that sealed the win uh, for Purdue. Like I said, my guy Tanner Morgan didn't have a good day. That was that was bad. I was really looking forward to this game. I, I was watching part of it. It's like uh, the Boreal Makers defense, you mentioned, stepped up, and uh, it was a bad day all around for the Golden Gophers. Hopefully they could bounce back and bounce back quickly. K-State uh, holds off uh, Texas Tech. They stay undefeated. Uh Florida State loses to Wake Forest, or Wake Forest able to bounce back from that loss to Clemson. Uh, some other games here. Uh, Maryland beats Michigan State. Yeah, what happened to the Spartans? They're really going uh, going downhill. Ugh. Yeah, injury. I think injuries had a lot to do with it as well. Wazoo mm-hmm. uh, just hammers California 28-9. In the Battle of the Tigers, Auburn, I mean, LSU gets the best of Auburn. That was just a strange game. All I around. saw that That's game. Late. Yeah, LSU almost wanted to give that game away, but ugh. Auburn, uh, they they, they uh, stepped on their own two feet multiple times. Brian Kelly's literally. very lucky that that team got out of there with a win. Yeah, literally, it was stepped on their feet, literally, because they won the guy's slip and lost the ball. So I think that was a yeah, you know, that was a ugly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, literally, uh, Texas uh, bounced back from the loss. Texas Tech, you know, they beat West Virginia. Uh, Duke goes to five, you no know, four and one. I should say they uh, beat UVA. A uh, couple other scores here. I want to give a shout out to a couple of guys from uh, Kent State. They beat Ohio, but they're the first team FBS history to have a 240 yard rush and a 240 yard receiver in the same game. Marquez Cooper had 240 yards uh, rushing, and Dante Suffice 
had uh, 240 yards receiving as it was actually his touchdown that helped propel uh, Kent State over Ohio. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, Colorado loses to uh, Arizona, and uh, Carl Durrell loses his job. Uh, he was fired yesterday as head coach at Colorado. Just going to get things going after the pandemic and such. Also, too, like, you know, going with the theme, you want to play off this tease. But uh, Paul Chris, who was a, a Madison native and had, you know, led uh, Wisconsin to two, uh, two, uh, three Big Ten West Highs and two uh, New Year's Six uh, games. Well, he was 67 and 26 in the Big, you know, and 40, 43 of 18 in the Big Ten. He got fired. I guess you lose, get your butt kicked by Illinois of all teams. You get, I guess you lose your job. Yep. <laughs> it's funny, but it's not funny. But how many coaches that Lakina now? Four so far yeah, this year? Four. Tra- four. Four. Four coaches that, that got in the pink slips. Uh, it, it's tough. Like I say, it's a tough business. And like you said, these teams are now starting to recover from, from the pandemic. And and so we see these new big TV deals going across these big time conferences. So these these ads and these school presidents are trying to position themselves to get that money. And you gotta have a winning program. And, uh, and some of these uh, struggling programs are, are paying for right now. I want also want to give a shout out to the University of Kansas. Uh, mm. They improved to five and zero after being Iowa State fourteen and ten. I believe they get game day this week, don't yep. they? Yes, they I do. I thought so. Yep. Mary's yes. so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, their first time in football. In football. Yes. I want to emphasize yes. that. I don't, I, was, I don't know why they didn't emphasize that on their tweet. But, yeah, they've been to, like, you know, Fog Allen like like 12 times since, you know, they started doing the uh, the college mm-hmm. hoops version at game day. But this is going to be their first time doing it for the football team. They uh, host uh, TCU. Uh, that, that's actually going to be a big new game. So, the guys from uh, – that's actually going to be an FS1 game, too. It's not going to be a big new Saturday game. But – uh. That's going to be on mm-hmm. FS1. So Herbie will have to take a flight, you know, from doing the Thursday night game. And they'll have to go go to Lawrence. They'll have to, I, I forgot which game he's going to be doing on Saturday night. We'll get to that on Friday. But, yeah, so it's going to be a lot of uh, 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 frequent flyer models for Mr. Hersey. But I also want to give a shout-out to Georgia Tech and uh, Nebraska. They get their first wins. Of course, they're looking for new head coaches. Georgia Tech upsets Pittsburgh uh, 26-21. And Nebraska, Nebraska got the best of uh, Indiana. So uh, two wins from two teams are rebuilding and are, are going to be looking for new head coaches, but a nice win for them and a good effort. Yeah, I saw the end of that Pittsburgh-Georgia uh, uh, Tech game. Uh, Pittsburgh had their chances, but uh, they just couldn't get it together, especially officially. Our guy Lamont Scott's checking in once again. Illinois link card services. <laughs> mm, hilarious. Hilarious. Yep, yep, and, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and those are some of your uh, top uh, scores and uh, moments from uh, – uh, week five in NCAA football. Yep. As you're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports, we're live in Living Color right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you uh, as we wind down today's show. Lakina, you want to do basketball first or old school TV Monday? Um, hmm. I guess we could do. I guess we could do the basketball thing. Get that over with. Yeah. So we okay. Do, uh, we always save old school TV Monday for the end. But yeah. Uh, okay. The uh, yeah, the, the the Suns over the weekend lost to a team, a professional team from uh, Australia. I think from Adelaide, Australia. I think so. Uh, on Friday, speak Australian. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I'm a little surprised that that uh, the people down there in uh, Phoenix are not very happy because <laughs> they lose to uh, a, a to a you know a team from like outside the the country and such. But uh, yeah, that that happened on Friday. And, well, on Saturday, I should say. One thirty-four mm-hmm. to one twenty-four. I mean, I, 
I, I don't know what, what else you can say. I mean, it's just, just I, I don't know. I've got nothing. Thank I, goodness it's preseason if you're Phoenix, that's all you got to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, CP3 Stroll, he only had six points in that game. And, you know, campaign, I think, had 23 off the bench. So, yeah, luckily for, for them, it's just a you know, preseason game. But, uh, yeah, if you're the LA 36ers, as they call them, over there, down there in Australia. Yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah, you act like you won a championship year, them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you win by ten against you know, one of the top teams in the league. Absolutely. Uh, Boston uh, got the you know, not at least so far. You know the whole you, you may a Doka a Doka thing. You know isn't a big distraction. They just hammered the Charlotte Hornets, one thirty four ninety three. Uh, Toronto uh, got the best of Utah. Uh, very uh, will probably end up you know rebuilding Utah and uh, Houston. Mm -hmm. uh, Easily at uh, be San Antonio, and, and, and I even even Pop admits that he's just doing it for the check at this point. <laughs> I don't know why he was saying that. <laughs> at loud, least he's but, honest. <laughs> yeah, that happened on Sunday. That happened yesterday. Now, real quickly, Keen, I know the Chicago Bulls will open up their preseason schedule tomorrow on TNT mm -hmm. at eight thirty p.m. Chicago time against the New Orleans Pelicans. Will Zion Williams Williamson play? We don't know. I know he's supposed to be in better shape. I'll see you when I believe it. Uh, nothing against the young man, but uh, he's has to prove. He has to prove uh, things to a whole lot of people, including himself and his teammates. Yes. But I want to focus in on the Chicago Bulls side of things. What are you looking forward to tomorrow night's uh, preseason opener? I want to see how Io looks. You know, and he's bulked up a little yep. bit. P will as well. I want to see how they look. Um, I, I saw uh, Billy Donovan has not said how said how many how much you know how many minutes do the stars are going to play. So it's going to be one of those things where you might you know tread very lightly. I, I mean, LeBron, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, people should still love the Bulls. I mean, I think they still have a shot to be right up there in the top five or six in the uh, NBA. So I'm not too worried about some of what the other teams are doing. You know, we don't know how Donovan Mitchell is going to mesh in Cleveland. We don't we don't know that so far. So I think people need to kind of just, you know, sort of you know, tip, temper, like whatever you're feeling and just, just see how, you know, how, what happens. Yeah, what I'm looking forward to a couple of things in tomorrow's preseason opener. How Io DeSumo runs the team. And number two, if he plays, which I, I assume he will, rookie, um, the first round rookie draft by Dalen Terry. I want to see how, how he looks, mm -hmm. uh, how he looks within this Bulls uh, roster. Uh, what's the game plan going to be for him? How he's, how he's going to look as he adapts to the NBA game. So those are the two things I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, for the Chicago know, Bulls. Yeah, I mean, it should be a fun game, uh, you know, preseason, you know, a lot of fun. And also, like I said, it's going to be on TNT. It's going to be the second game mm -hmm. of the TNT doubleheader on, uh, on you know, Tuesday, tomorrow. Uh, Detroit and New York will be the game preceding that. Also, Minnesota and Miami, that should be an interesting one there. Two, Utah and Portland, that's also will be tomorrow at 9 mm -hmm. o'clock. And uh, today, uh, the preseason games here real quick, Phoenix and Philadelphia, I should say, and Brooklyn, that should be an interesting one for many reasons. Uh, we should see how yeah. <laughs> uh, how much uh, James Harden plays and Katie plays. Well, they, we probably won't see too much of them, so we mm -hmm. probably don't say that much. But that'll be on NBA TV tonight. Orlando and Memphis that should be a fun one. OKC and Denver, Sacramento and the Lakers. That's gonna be that second game of that NBA TV doubleheader, and also Portland and the Clippers. Like we're just gonna see Dave for the first time in a few months, so that should be an interesting one too. Yeah, like I said, probably Anthony Davis and LeBron James, if both of them play, they're not going to play as much because they're trying to save them old sales for the regular season. Mm. Did you hear real quick, did you hear that Anthony Davis say he wants to play all 82 games this year? Good luck with that. I'll I, I, I'm rooting for it, but let's be realistic. He'll probably, if he has a good year, he'll probably end up playing around 65 games. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, it'll probably it'll probably be 65 to 70, I think. And if anything, if yeah. he doesn't play, it'll probably be more for rest. I think they don't want to, mm -hmm. you know, they don't want to overdo it. And, you know, since he hasn't played like six months, so 
We'll see what happens there. Yeah, and uh, Lamont said the same thing. We feel, I mean, we he wants to see uh, AOMP. We'll see how they do. Yeah, Patrick now. Williams. Both yeah, are, I'm looking yeah. at him too tomorrow. Yeah. Both are both bulked up. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. So once again, as we wrap things up here on Second City Sports, on Sports on Chicago, Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown, as that time said, old school TV Monday. What yeah, show let, are we spotlighting this week? <laughs> let's go overseas and rocking with USA. Say hi. That's right. Oh, I'm not gonna yeah. do the whole. Oh, I'm God. not gonna do the whole theme song because a copyright strike in my bad singing voice. So Shine <laughs> Mice five dollars in the cookie jar is safe for now. USA USA High is an American teen sitcom which ran on USA from August of 1997 to June of 1999. After and after 95 episodes. The series was revolves around six friends enrolled at the American Academy boarding school in Paris, France. Of course, we mentioned the 95 uh, episode series consisted of 75 episodes in season one and 20 episodes in season two, which ran on the USA network. USA High was originally conceived to be part of NBC's Saturday morning TNBC lineup. The series executive producer was Peter Engel who was also responsible for the Saved by the Bell franchise, California Dreams, City Guys, and Hang Time. Its co-executive producers were Leslie Eberhard and Steve Slackovin, who was also the executive co-executive producer for the first 25 episodes. Their series was, was one of the post-two Saved by the Bell college years series executive produced by Engel that did not air on NBC and Malibu, CA being the other that also was ran on the USA network back in the late 90s. The cast for the show was Josh Howell, who played uh, the heartthrobbing Jackson Green, Elena Linus played Laura Fontaine, Thomas Maggia was the basketball star from Germany, Christian Muller, Marquita Terry, the only sister on the show. She played uh Winifred Winnie Barnes, James Maddio was Bobby Lazzarini in season one, Kristen Miller was Ashley Elliott, Angela Visser was the quote unquote MILF. Miss uh, Miss Dupre, the teacher. Nicholas Guest was the headmaster, Patrick Elliott. And from California Dreams, the brother, William James Jones, was Dwayne X.S. Wilson in season two. Yeah, Lakina, I think we talked about, yeah. No, no, go ahead, finish up. I'm sorry. I yeah, I know we talked about this before, Lakina, last year. Uh, some of the, ep- I think, believe most of the episodes are still available on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But I was watching the series last year. I remember I uh, watched, uh, I caught it actually late as it was airing on USA. Uh, uh, during its original time, but it was actually a pretty good show. I, I'm sure doing some behind the scenes stuff. We don't don't know exactly why it didn't air on NBC. NBC, it would have got more viewers, in my opinion. But it did do well enough on USA at that time. But it was a very good show. You had a very diverse cast. Uh, they didn't go into the violence too much because they were living overseas. But they dealt with the typical teen issues, teen situations in life uh related issues but they dealt with it some of it from a serious perspective but mostly from a, a comedic perspective I, that's what i really appreciate about that show yeah it was actually you know like you said said i mean i i heard about that too that that the, it was supposed to air on nbc but you know mm-hmm. i don't know certain parameters and such we don't really know what happened there now the series actually aired like every day for like two years it was like a weekly series yeah. they already had like a lot of episodes in the can so I guess mm-hmm. Peter Engel figured, hey, let, let's put on USA because at the time USA, you know, NBC and USA Network, they're you know, you know, they're they're sister stations because they're owned by yeah. Universal. Uh, so you know, you figured, okay, well, let's, let's, let's air it on USA. It came on every day. I think like three thirty, three o'clock or three thirty. I think it was moved a couple of times too. I think it came yeah. at four mm-hmm. at one point. So uh, yeah, so I got a chance to watch it. Um, you know, when I got home from school. Uh, but yeah, I mean. You know, it was really cool. You know, it was set in Paris. I mean, who would want to go to a high school in Paris? I mean, that would actually 
or, or overseas <laughs> in general. It was actually a really, really cool concept. A little bit different, though, than the other shows, the typical, like, Peter Engel mm -hmm. produced shows. Um, you know, I know uh, Marquita, I know she's still acting. I think, I think I've seen her in a couple other things on, uh, I think, I believe on Hulu, I think. I know. Yeah, uh, she still looks good, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and Chris and Miller, I think I've seen her as, uh, some things too. Uh, former Miss Universe, Angela Visser, make sure you get that right. She, I think she was Miss Universe, I think, like in the early 80s, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nicholas Guest, who I know he's a character actor, so he's been around for a little bit. So he was, that was a really cool. And uh, like I said, I think William James Jones came on, I think, like about a third through season two, I think. I don't know what, mm -hmm. what happened. I don't know why uh, James Matt left but he his character was brought on he was kind of like yeah he was the, a funny guy from the from boston <laughs> yeah the boss he tried to do that boston accent i kind of like my yeah. dude what, what you're not you know no <laughs> not even none of the guys new edition had boston accents but yeah dude yeah I'm, I'm glad i went halfway through they, they dropped that but uh they really didn't know what to do after that so it was good for what it was i mean like you mm -hmm. said they really didn't do i think they made i think they did a drinking episode like one drinking episode and that's about it yeah. Like, but other than that, they really didn't really delve too much into issue. Like you said, they were going over to school overseas, so I think they didn't want to bring that stuff up. But it was the other cool, you know, typical sitcom kid high chase. You know, uh, Christian and Winnie, they were a cute couple. Yeah. I know that um, Jackson and uh, Lauren were a couple for a little bit, but I think they broke up like almost like through the uh the end of the show. So yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, you know, you had Shannon Elizabeth played a couple of episodes. She had a recurring role on that show. Uh. Yeah, I think that's about it. There really nothing much to say about it. But yeah, like I said, I mean, I wish it was on Peacock. Again, all these shows need to be on Peacock, folks. I mean, mm -hmm. come on. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good show. It was it was a, it was a, a, a decent show for what it was. And yeah, it was, yeah like I said, it wasn't a yeah, like I said, it wasn't a bad show. How I found out about it, Lakina was uh, remember the one that played Tiffany Smith on California Dreams? Yeah, Kelly I was like, Packard, what's that? Yeah. No, no disrespect. I was like, what's that blonde girl doing on Kelly, on this show? Yeah. And I said, like, that's how I found about this show. I was like, oh, okay. You know, and then I started uh, watching it from there. So, but I say the show was good for what it was. Like I said, I, I caught up on the show last year as things were starting to open up. The like I says mm -hmm. many of the episodes still available right here on YouTube. And so I enjoyed watching that show. It was good for what it was. It, it was in reruns for a couple years yeah. after that. So it, it got a second life in syndication. So we'll we salute to the uh, NBC produced show on USA. USA hot. Yep. <laughs> All right, right. all right, exactly. Lakina, take us home. On that note, you can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina Scrub again on the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, it's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Make sure you download that Sports Show Chicago app today, wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports Show Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And make sure you follow War Media at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And before we go, we, we must remind you one more again, as you young folks will say, that Sports Social Chicago you catch also now on Roku TV. That's why you, you see right there for those of you watching on YouTube and Facebook, Sports Social Chicago is now on Roku TV. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. You can catch Sports on Chicago on Roku TV 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. If you already have a Roku TV, just tap into the sports folder and download Sports on Chicago through that avenue. If you don't have a Roku TV, that's okay. You have a laptop, iPhone, iPad, iPad, all these other streaming devices. You have a couple laying around. Just go to the uh, app store, download the Roku TV app, 
and you access Sports Hill Chicago through that avenue. So get with the program, get with the squad. Sports Hill Chicago is now available on Roku TV. You can check out our show, Sean and Maya. What's up? Mm-hmm. What's up, cuz? What's uh, up, cuz? Tonight from six to eight. Yeah, I know they're gonna have a great show. I know they're gonna have a lot to say about that Bears loss to the Giants. Also, too, uh, w- uh, the Smoke Fellas, too. You make sure you guys check out, check out that show mm-hmm. as well. So, uh, yeah, whatever whatever device you got, you know, whether it's you know your smart TV, you know, computer, sm- uh, smartphone, you know, you can check it out right there. You know, the shows are right there whenever you want. Yep. So remember, catch Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago every Monday, every Friday from noon to two p.m. Central Standard Time. And Skillers will be right here on Sports Hall Chicago. One more game, as you young folks would say. Catch Second City Sports live in Living Color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. All right, folks, enjoy the weather. I know it's going to be a little bit cooler you know, later this week, so make sure you guys dress warm. And also check mm-hmm. out all the games and such. Yeah, we got a lot of your great football. I know baseball, they're finishing up their, uh, their regular season. I wonder if Sid's going to go to that one of those uh, uh, twin Sox games. I doubt it, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll enjoy the potential Jose Abreu um, going away party uh, privately. <laughs> probably. I just hope I didn't get the Sox mention another bad idea, but that's probably we'll what's leave gonna it at happen. that. Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. So, yeah, but yeah, so enjoy <laughs> the games, you know, enjoy, you know, all the stuff. You know, enjoy the, the cool, you know, crisp weather that we have coming up. All right, so but even still, yo, be safe out there. If you're gonna get back, if you're not gonna get vaccinated, wash your hands and just be good to each other. This has been Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Till then, holla.